combat time. To combat time, a podcast where three friends talk about Mortal Kombat One specifically today. My name's Josh, uh, and I'm followed by you see, yo, and Jay. Hello, hello. And yeah, I, I spoiled it right at the opening. We are gonna finally talk about Mortal Kombat One. It feels like ancient. One. <laughs> One. One. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Dave Batista just entered my... That, well, then, no, that sounds wrong. Just entered my body for a second there. Um, but no, it feels like uh, ancient history... It feels like so long ago when we saw the trailer, but actually not. It, it's amazing how quickly this came to us, and now we got to play it, and a lot of people have a lot of things to say about it, and so do we. So... Yep. Fuck that you. is the one benefit of the way NetherRealm does their like rollouts for games is like, especially recently, it's like they announce the game and then like two, maybe three months later, the game is out instead of like, you know, hearing about it like a year in advance. Just like not to, not to bring it up again, but just like how I predicted. Yeah. Josh was right. Did we fulfill that, uh, bet? No, I figure we talk about it later. Uh, we're going to meet up soon to play it in person. Uh, Jay, I think that might be a good time for that, uh, for that whiskey to do the bet, do yeah. the, 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 the debt. All you have to do, Josh, is just hold me accountable to it and I'll buy you the whiskey. Well, Jay, I'll just say, we're going to try and hang out this weekend. Have a bottle of whiskey there for me when I arrive. You have to tell me what type, but tell me what type after the no. podcast is over. Just pick, pick, pick a fancy one, but we could talk details later. But, um, $500 bottle of whiskey. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Before uh, we get into the nitty gritty, do we, uh, how, I like to, how do you do's? How y'all doing? Dude, I am tired. It's been a busy really? week. <laughs> yeah, work's been busy. Uh-huh. But other than that, I've been good. Just being immersed in Mortal Kombat. Fuck yeah, yeah. Anything new to report, Jay? Uh, much like you've seen, I am just tired like (laughs) it's just work and trying just to juggle everything just with life i was like i was sick with a cold for a time right Um, remember that and then i ended up going on vacation while still sick with a cold for a time so i had to like suppress that super spreader (laughs) well Well, I well, I, like I like I suppressed it with a whole lot of Theraflu, y'all. So I tar cotton whelp. Yeah, yeah. Jay has tar cotton. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Even Barack has the audacity, has the decency, I should say, to so to not shake hands. Yeah, he's like our kind don't shake hands. Which I guess we'll get to that in a bit. But what do you think that was a reaction to COVID? I never thought about it until right now, and now that I think about it, yeah, maybe it was. Because hmm. diseases are, are on our mind lately. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, if that's the case, uh, Baraka is COVID. Yeah, he's, well, he's more like outworld like... AIDS. <laughs> well, not really, because you can, there's more than one way to 
catch it, I guess. Is um, AIDS or, or Tarka? Pick a person, anyway. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm doing fine. I've been still dealing with a lot, but I might be on the tail end of my little uh, chapter here. However, mm-hmm. uh, in my last moments uh, up here at the cabin of your call, I, I did have something happen. I, you know, I made friends with uh, Donkey Kang uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, he's been starting to live with me, actually. And uh, guess what? We've been playing Mortal Kombat 1 together. Uh, did run into a little incident, though. Uh, he was playing one night, and he just, for lack of a better word, he went Super Saiyan. Uh, like, his, his fur just kind of floated up. And uh, now uh, he Monkeys is fire got... Huh? Monkeys have fur? Or is it hair? What? Jesus. I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. Hair, I guess. It's not fur. <laughs> But now, uh, yeah, he apparently has evolved because he's gotten so good at MK1, and now he is a fire god, Liu Kang. I hate you so much. <laughs> Get the fuck back in your room. You may be a god, but you're living under my house. Jesus Christ. Anyway. God. I uh, didn't know we were podcasting with Carrot Top. What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. That's the only I, I didn't know comic. that. I know, unless I go back to like Gallagher or something. <laughs> Gallagher? That's a good game. Gallagher. He was a oh. 80s prop comic. He threw watermelons at people, I think. What the fuck? Or he smashed watermelons with a hammer. And then okay. Go the front oh, yeah. Didn't he wear suspenders? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And the that people guy. that were in the front row were in the splash zone. They wore like raincoats and stuff and got, you know, watermelon pieces all over them. But anyway, that sounds, that sounds like a good time. Hey, you could do a Mortal Kombat stage show like that. Uh, the watermelon is like a prop head and it explodes. So gore goes everybody. That'd be that'd be a tight show. Anywho. Yeah, why don't you well, like, enough, pitch that to Lin-Manuel Miranda. See if you can get that going. Pitch it to who? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, Lin, yeah, the guy who did uh, Hamilton. I, you're speaking words I don't understand right now. Hamilton? Do you you know the the Broadway show Hamilton? Okay, yeah, I know the show. I didn't know the name you just uttered. He also did the the musical... um, He also did did the musical In the Heights, and he had a hand in the new live-action remake of The Little Mermaid with a couple of songs in that one. He's he's, he's, he's mostly affiliated with Disney right now. Yeah, I think he worked in Moana, too, right? He did. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'll look him up. Well... We're probably losing viewers already. No one gives a shit about Broadway or Fire God Luke Kong listeners. Let's get into the Mortal Kombat (laughs) 1. So, it released uh, Mortal Kombat! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't even remember the date it released. It was the 14th for early access, uh, and then what, the 19th? September 14th, and then September 19th for everybody else, yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, uh, I ran out to Walmart to get my physical version of the Switch, and it should be Dude. said, uh, hmm, yeah, right. don't say it. Well, <laughs> don't say it. No, no, I'm not but, talking about that. Oh, uh, you're talking about getting, yeah, because that's the thing. I'm the, I'm the first one that got to play it, apparently, but uh, as Jay noted in a past episode we got a pretty good diverse uh spread here too because i'm on nintendo switch jay is on xbox and yasin is on ps5 so we are pretty comprehensive as far as our experiences of this game so far yeah i'm loving it 
It's true. And yeah, I ironically, with the worst version, got to play it first. Yeah, I, I, despite pre-ordering it like a month and a half ago, it took an extra day or so for it to get to my house. So I didn't really get to play it until like two days after it released. Yeah, and I was still, um, and I would like, and I was still on vacation out of state, so I didn't even get a chance to play it until I got back. But then I immediately started playing it. But you two had already started playing it by the time I started, uh, by uh, by the time I even got back. Yeah, I think by and the time my- I started playing it, Josh was already on Act Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was the last one to finish the story. My ass just walks right into Walmart night of release, and uh, I picked up the Switch version, no problem. Got home. Looked at the packaging and it said includes DLC bonus content. And I'm like, okay, Como? And yeah, I got I got Shang Tsung. <laughs> and I didn't that even pre order. No damn sense. Oh, uh, woo! With the because like I'm. By the way, I'm never pre ordering a game again. Even though even yeah, that, that's your lesson. That lesson learned. Because I because I don't usually pre order games, but uh, I've been wanting to you know bump up my physical collection again because i've i think i've said on the podcast before that i've had physical games up until ps4 and then ps4 is the one that i have like three discs like physical discs and everything else is digital so now with ps5 i'm like i kind of want to go back to you know having ownership of these games and you know having a collection that i can you know especially now that i've moved i want to put it on my shelf and all that stuff uh so I tried to so I pre-ordered this one only because uh I wanted to get into the beta. I didn't really care whether I got Shang Tsung or not, but I wanted to just try the beta mostly for the podcast. And then but then I I got that one, then I I realized that oh, Armored Core 6 is coming out and I've been wanting to play that. So let me get a physical version of that too. So I also ordered that uh, pre-ordered that one. That one, <laughs> I I essentially bought it th- three times and canceled it twice. What the fuck? Once, one, I think I bought it from, should I say the store names or does it matter? Fuck it, say it. I, I mean. Whatever. Who cares? Why am yeah. I protecting them? Why am I protecting them? Walmart. Uh, Especially if they're a corporation. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, Walmart basically had it on, you know, out for delivery for like two days. And then I. Uh, messaged them and they said, uh, oh, it's been lost in delivery. Lost on route or whatever. So I basically got a refund for that. Then I tried to get it from Amazon. Got canceled again. Uh, I tried to order from uh, Best Buy with uh, with some other items. Got canceled. So what at that point, fuck? I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to get this Armored Core game on, <laughs> on digital. But then with Mortal Kombat, I was worried that it was going to be the same thing because I got I pre-ordered from the same Walmart. Uh, thankfully, it came in. It just came in like a day or two late. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm never pre-ordering again. If I want physical, I'm just going to go to like a store and get it. Ruin but, your opening night experience. True, but one surprise that I, I guess I didn't read it. I didn't read <laughs> much into the what I get into the for the pre-order aside from Shang Tsung is that it comes with the steelbook, which is which right, really yeah. nice. And that, that's what I'm using. I'm just using the steelbook. I'm a little jelly, honestly, of that. It looks, it's so worth it, man. Although I don't know if the is Switch uh, Premium Edition or Pre-Order Edition would have come with that. Because I saw a video of somebody that did pre-order it. And I think his issue, or it, it was a YouTuber, so maybe it wasn't a pre-order. It might have been like a early, get, you know, one of those 
Warner Brothers gives out a copy to reviewers. Yeah. Because he, he mentioned he had a steel book, but I think he, he did say he ordered it on eBay just to have it separate. And he ended up getting, you know, a disc uh, steel book. And he's he had the Switch version. So he's like, well, I can't fucking put a cart in that. Uh, and as far as like, I, I almost bought the digital because, you know, I, I failed to mention too, I, I went on a, a journey Friday night or whatever, Thursday night, because I was wondering, I know some retailers put out the copies uh, a day before. Friday? Whatever. Monday. Whatever the day before release was. And, uh, because that's happened in the past. In fact, they did that with Eleven. I think Best Buy put it on the shelf the day before. But unfortunately, I'm in the sticks right now. No Best Buys and all that. And the Walmart, no, it went on the shelf. Uh, and I was up late enough that it became available on the, the eShop, the Nintendo eShop. And I was like... I almost did it. But no, I went out and got the case. I don't know if it mattered, though, because you seen tell me if you had to do this. Jay, I'm assuming you bought digital or did you get physical? I bought the digital version. Okay. Uh, it still required a 32 gig download, which essentially is the whole game. So I don't know if how much information is on the cartridge. I mean, I, might, I had to do like 100 and some gigs. Oh, Jesus, Louises. Wow. So... That's a lot of data. Cause I, I, I saw somewhere that like, you know, a big part of it is the four K version of the story mode. Mm. That has, that takes up a lot of space. Yeah, because if I tried to start the game before I couldn't I I think I could do local and not every character was available and I obviously couldn't do anything pertaining to online and I could do training mode, but I couldn't save my progress if I wanted to try training mode. So I guess that's portion of the game that's stored on a cartridge but like the nintendo because a lot of the nintendo uh the fucking releases nowadays quote-unquote physical are just you know it's the box the the entire game still needs to be downloaded like if you buy the resident evil uh four five and six bundle physical on switch four is the only one that's actually physical on the cart five and six have to be downloaded i wondered if it was a case like that because the listing in nintendo eShop for mortal kombat one also lists it as 32 gigs. So I'm like, is there anything on this cart? Besides, I guess there is, just like the basic mechanics of the game, but I still don't regret it. The case know. is sexy. You know? Yeah. I, I got, I'm going to put it up, put it on the shelf right next to my MK11. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to do the same thing with Tekken 8. I'm probably going to just get a physical version of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, if it's games that I'm, I really am passionate about, then I'll probably just get the physical version. Uh, everything else, I'll just get it on discount, <laughs> digital, or whatever. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, well, I guess let's launch right into what our first experiences. We could we can ask right out the gate. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Mine's a thumbs up. Mine is a thumbs up too. Yeah. I'd probably say two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I really dig it. My mine is a thumbs up, slightly tilted. <laughs> Slightly, Slightly yeah. Oh, Sli- Jay's the critical. Oh, yeah, Jay is so critical. Well, yeah. as everyone probably knows, this game, <laughs> especially my version, does have a host <laughs> of issues that need patched. Some of which have, some of them have already been patched, and yeah. bugs and all sorts of fun stuff that is indicative. One, just of modern gaming in general. That's just like you do. And also, I obviously I think. NetherRealm was probably pressured by WB to get this fucking game out. They were probably had yeah, their families held hostage be like, you better get that fucking game out, ma'am. Get it out. Yeah, fucking flash, hurry. 
the Flash tanked. You gotta put this game out. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> WB is a Flash, isn't it? I definitely kind of feel that like uh, Mortal Kombat One is better than Eleven. It is maybe sl- ever so slightly better than ten for me, but it's not better than nine for me. Hmm. I think that's what, yeah. Everyone that, loves nine. That's why. That's why. That's why my thumbs up is like ever so slightly tilted. But trust me, there's plenty of good things I like about MK One compared to other MKs. Plenty. I was gonna say, having played MK Nine, I think I, I think I played a little bit of it last year or the year before. Uh, and yeah, I. I have fond memories of the game, but I don't think the gameplay holds up for me as much. But I was doing story modes, so maybe it was just the characters I was playing as. You said nine? Yeah. Nine's yeah. like ancient history to me. I have a hard time judging nine and ten because I played those at Jay's. Uh, and I think ten into eleven was when I was living in Jay's, and I barely played eleven until I got, you know, moved into my place and I bought it on Switch. 9 and 10 weren't on Switch. So 11 was the first time I played a NetherRealm MK game extensively by myself, like really getting into it to the yeah. point where like I could actually like, you know, hold a candle fighting y'all because I've been able to have practice. So I I have a hard time judging 10. Like I haven't even done the story mode at 10 all the way through. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not like I didn't play a lot of MK9 and 10. I played the shitload of it getting... Johnny kicking my nuts up into my, you know, through my mouth and all that. It's just 11 is where I really got to intimately play Mortal Kombat again because I had it, mm-hmm. you know, at home. And I love a lot of people. There's a discussion going on now where like people are upset with MK1 and they're like, well, people are upset with MK11 when it came out and now they're retroactively saying it's great. I thought it was great from the beginning. I love the fuck out of MK11 mm. with, with some complaints, uh, character and story wise and all that. Gameplay wise, I think. I excelled at it a little bit better than I did at 10 and 9. Uh, I think just because the game felt a little bit more paced towards my play style, i.e., you know, brain dead boomer um, play style. <laughs> but, uh, goddamn kids and their fucking 85% combos. Um, and, like, the crypt was great. Like, there, there's, there's stuff that I'm going to miss that was done really well in 11 and wasn't done here well here. But gameplay wise, uh, I'm digging it completely. Uh, story mode, we'll get into the story. I fucking love the story <clears throat> mostly. Uh, I think I like it a lot better than Eleven Story. Uh, and yeah, uh, bugs aside, some of them are going to be fixed, uh, and I can talk extensively about what's so unique about my Switch version versus y'all's. But all versions have a lot of bugs and issues. But despite that, I think it's a good diamond in the rough. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I'm, I've been digging it a lot. Like it's for the most part, it's met my expectations of what I wanted MK1 to be. Um, as far as like gameplay wise, like maybe it's because I'm, I, I know a lot of people like MK9 and, and I love MK9. Uh, I know people now who go back to it, they say that, you know, they love the movie because it's so much faster and like, you know, I guess twitchy or whatever. And it's like you can you can you can do things faster in it. It's like it's faster paced game. But yeah. for me, I liked Ten's pacing. Like I felt like I really dug into that one a lot. Even though like we had some like create like we we used to play MK9 a lot at Jay's place, and playing MK9 was really fun back then. 
but I, going back to it, it just felt like kind of felt i don't know if it's because of the animations of how people are standing or whatever or like just the something about it felt like fast but slow in a weird way hmm like fast but stiff i don't know how to explain it that's interesting because most of my memories of nine are being like holy goddamn fuck this game's fast like how i feel anytime i play smash of y'all uh but true it is fast like when you see it but I don't know, maybe it's because I just I just need to get back into the, the control scheme of it all and the, the different moves and stuff. But, like, playing through the story, I think I played really half of the story mode. And for whatever reason, it it felt weird. Hmm. And I don't know. I don't, well, maybe while we review it eventually, I'll have better words for it. Uh, but I, I also went back and played 10 at one point. And, or X, I don't know. Or Twitter. MK Twitter? Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> That's so great. I love that. MK Twitter. But um, that felt more natural to me. Like when I went back to it, it didn't feel like, oh, like a, some kind of a, you know, not culture shock. But it, I didn't have any shock value to it. it. I just kind of was able to get back into X and it felt great. That um, sort of makes sense. Because X is kind of where it, it realigned and more or less is similar to 11 and, and one and we're used to we're nine nine was their first attempt at reviving revising it and it was a little bit more like old school mk i guess only faster well i think i think mk 11 is a is a big change gameplay wise to x because like it was yeah, that's definitely slowed says. down it's definitely slowed down but for me i'm not like at that pro level or even that like high enthusiast level like like, I'm not at Jay's level, basically, where, you know, I know every interest. He knows every intricacy of, like, movement and hitboxes and frames and da-da-da. I don't know that. I'm more casual like Josh. So, when I get into 11, once I go through the tutorial, I'm like, oh, I get this. And it all clicked. And then it felt more, it felt natural to me. It's like, oh, this, I could tell that it's slower, but it's not making me like the game less. And... Yeah. You give me too much okay. credit, Yasin. You give me way too much credit. Like I can probably talk, I, like I can probably talk some technical jargon about like Street Fighter. Just but when it comes, to, but when it comes to Mortal Kombat, that's like that's a different beast. Because as I was telling Josh a little while ago, um, the the way Street Fighter works with its combos and the way MK works with its combos, the timing and the way you hit buttons is just different. Oh, completely and, different. Yeah, and and like and and I always have like a weird time shifting back and forth. Like I don't think I could like play Mortal Kombat any of them really for like one night and then instantly play Street Fighter the next night and then play Mortal Kombat again, then Street Fighter again and go back and forth. My brain would just melt because I have to get used to an entirely different philosophy and fundamental in terms of fighting games. It's weird. Oh, it took me like I think it took me like half an act to get out of the uh Street Fighter uh <laughs> Yeah, when I was playing yeah, Buffy, y'all have been playing Street Fighter for the past yeah. several weeks. So yeah, yeah. So it took me a while, but I feel like well, what I mean to say is that like you've been like we've all been playing fighting games since we're kids, but Jay, you've been like really in tune with the fighting game scene, and you know you've played different types of fighting games, and you know what you like, and you know what works more than what yeah. me and Josh, I think. Jay's got his feet more in the fighting game scene than you and I do. Like, 
Right. I'm not all about that. Part of me, like, cynical, thinking, like, man, I hate fucking fighting game people because they, like, they, they dissect the game down to the frame data and all that. I just want to beat people and have fun and have a little skill. So I'm definitely but a casual. But to people who are into it, that is the fun. That yeah. is the fun. Yeah. And I'm not taking yeah. that away from them for sure. It's like this. And, it, and it's, it's just what fighting games are now because you literally have a training mode that tells you about fucking frame advantage and you know fucking block pressure and all that shit which actually by the way that's such mm -hmm. an that is a very like that like that's a modern thing for fighting games because so many older fighting games did not used to do that some people if they knew frame data they instinctively knew it like they just kind of they probably couldn't articulate it too well but they knew that the second they threw a punch how many frames it was and what the advantage on block was versus how many startup frames they had and the window of opportunity they had to punish as a result of that some people just knew that instinctively but now since but now more fighting games um probably over the past like 10 years or so i've really started adding frame data into their um um, into their training mode so you can kind of know what are some of the best moves to utilize in terms of things like pressure poking um footsies or anything like that and then you can like really make your strings and your combos work a lot better it actually helps with getting more people into fighting games probably more so than not because it hmm. levels the playing field it levels the playing field for someone say like you know say like a professional fighting game guy who plays 20 hours a day of fighting games again and again and again and he learns every single entry of this you know without reading any frame data versus like casual people that just pick up the game of the controller they want to play with their friends for probably 15 minutes just make a party out of it and then just walk away without really thinking about it too much it, it levels that playing field a little bit because now you have more bit you you have less barriers of entry in order to really kind of understanding like why certain moves and why certain characters are better than others well well i certainly appreciate having a, a fucking whole diverse training or, or robust training mode explaining all these things to me Although, god dang, if it wasn't a source of frustration in MK11, and now this, I am not going through the whole training mode. I don't care what shit I earn, but I did at least want to do a few things that I needed brushing up on. But then doing the challenges, I did like a combo challenge with Scorpion. Yeah, nope, fuck. Challenge two, I was like, god damn it, I am not fast-fingered enough to do this. I will say, uh, I think for one, I think that's a a new thing with, like, Mortal Kombat was never looked at in the in that way before where like you know yeah. in a way of like you know pro gamers looking you know dissecting you know every frame and this and that like i feel like mortal kombat didn't get that attention until 9 and x like yeah you're exactly before that, right it was just like it was just like it was mortal kombat it was its own bubble its own genre like that's why no i remember I remember back in grade school, the debate about Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter was the, you know, the the refined, true autistes uh, game where Mortal Kombat is casual with a K. Um, Pretty much. But uh, I I will say that like I did, I remember doing the whole training mode with MK11 and really liking how it broke down you know, timing and all that stuff like that. I feel like that helped me a lot to get used to Mortal Kombat 11. Whereas with MK1, it helped me as well, but I wasn't as motivated to go through all of it. Like once I did the basic uh, tutorial in like maybe half of the second category, I forget what it was. Then I just was like, 
all right, the game is fully installed. I'm jumping into the story. And then once I jumped into the story, then it's like, well, I'm just going to start doing invasion and all that stuff. And then I started like, getting into the characters that I like. And that now I'm like, well, I don't know if I really necessarily need the tutorial for this one. But I may do it anyway, just because like, I feel like there are some things that I'm like not clicking with yet or not understanding or not, not getting the full grasp of like, you know, how, like, for example, using the cameo in the middle of a combo. Like for me, whenever right. I, I, for whatever reason, when I use the, when I'm fighting and I use a combo, a cameo, it's on its own. Like I rarely actually use it, like do like punch, punch, kick, cameo, punch. Like I don't. Well, that's how you're supposed to use it. You need a combo extend of them. That's the thing. I, I'm, I just it hasn't clicked with me yet, and I guess maybe I just need to go through the tutorial and maybe learn that in a more structured way than me trying to osmosis it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, you're pretty much the same trajectory as me. I did story mode first. I was debating what to do first, and you know that that should just throw in there if you let it set to the default medium and just fuck around with the different characters, get a feel for it. And I fucked around in invasions a little bit. And then, yeah, then I started doing the online. And I only went to training when I'm like, I needed a refresher on the combo breaker or the the cameo ambush. Uh, I keep getting them confused. I, I'm not going to do the whole training because it's just so tedious. But I'm going to like go in for refreshers and maybe try to complete the challenges. Because, hey, you get loot. Um, my big hang-up so far gameplay-wise, like I, I'm adapting to the cameo system. Which, that's, I guess... Let's let's focus on that too, because uh, that was something we were talking about in past episodes. Where I was real excited for the cameo system because it's basically the replacement for the variations, and it's a way to to you know diversify your play style. I, I'm gonna go step aside here and say I kind of miss him. I kind of miss him, dude. I I kind of liked having my scorpion. My I made him myself. He's my scorpion. I got these moves and these moves. Yeah, I can't take him with me when I go to Jay's. And this, the cameo solves that, but I did kind of like the personalization of it. I kind of like it. The one in 11 kind of annoyed me. I like the one in uh, X more, where it's like, mm, yeah. it's three different styles. You can pick one and go with that, but it's the th- same three styles, no matter what console you go to. Yeah. It's just like but, Deadly Alliance. <laughs> right. But it's like, with this one, it's like. I have to like tailor it and all that stuff. And like, I have to sacrifice moves. Like what the hell? Like I can only have like a certain type of like buzzsaw throw or like a certain type of vortex spin. If I add it into my whatever variation, it's like, no, I mean, I get that you can, it's the same in X where like, you know, some moves are in one style, one, some moves are in another style, but like, at least I don't have to build it. It's already yeah. there. I can just choose which know. one. But I like this one better because this is the best version of it for me because, like, everybody has all of their moves. The only variation yeah. is the cameos. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I kind of want to... I kind of agree with you, Scene. I, I mostly like the cameos. I have little gripes about them. But the reason why I like them, and Josh, I like, I guess just to kind of address what you said, I do not miss the variations. I never mm-hmm. want to see them again. Um, just <laughs> j- 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 like, just like because, that. yeah, just because like, you know, if I'm going to play a character th- that is a legacy character, like your Liu Kang, your Raiden, your Johnny Cage, I know what moves they're supposed to have. 
you can't just tell me that I'm going to play, for example, say Ryu, and I have a Hadoken in one of his kits, but not in another one, and I don't, and a Shoru Ken is in one of his kits, but not in another one, and I and and I and I can't use all, and I can't use both these moves like in tandem, like that, like that's annoying, like just you're being a little dis- disingenuous. You could put like you know it was a la carte. You could put whatever moves you want. Yeah, but that's a lot of work. You have to like go in and like customize like. I don't know. I like the experience of crafting my fighter. It was neat. But like, I'm not going to complain. I'm, f- I'm fine with the cameos. My first impression like of the fighter okay. having everything at once. Pro- probably, probably like the thing that I like and dislike about the cameos. My favorite thing about the cameos is that they don't just come in and do one move and that's it. Like your classic tag fighters do in a lot of cases. No, like depending on which directional you press they all like all the cameos do three separate moves neutral forward and back and i think that's great you have so much variation with so many different characters that adds a substantial amount of replay value not like you know three or four years from now but like today like your your sub-zero with your kano cameo you can link different combos in different ways and it forces you to try different things with them, which I think ultimately is good, which in turn adds style to the type of character you're playing. So Josh, if you're playing Scorpion, you know, you may have a distinct um, attack plan depending on which cameo you choose, mm-hmm. but even more layered than that, you have an attack plan using which directional you press, you know, your cameo to do, and it's one of three moves, which I think is great. Like you can link combos and bounds in different ways, or you can use it for zoning, you can use it for defense. I mean, all this stuff There's I so think much. is just yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's it's neat. And it's even more it's even more complicated than that, uh, depending on the cameos you use. Uh, well, yeah. my first impression at the outset was, wow, this is kind of simple. This does remind me of the uh, whatever tools you used in the, the Towers of Time in MK11. It's like you got your forward or back or whatever. You got basically three different attacks. But it is a little bit more complicated than that because some cameos let you do an ambush assist where they can activate and your character can still move. Not every cameo gets to do that. Some cameos give you extra health. Some cameos take away health from you. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Some cameos extend your health bar. The fuck? Yeah, dude. If you you notice, there's numbers up in the health bar. Uh, I think Jax... I don't look at numbers. Don't quote me, man. (laughs) Jax might add to it. Frost might add to it. Some of them take them away. Uh, I th- one of the muscle heads, maybe it's Jax, uh, does decrease your health, but at the benefit of you get their unique moves. And some of them, oh, yeah, man, some of them have unique setups where uh, you could do more stuff. Darius is one of the ones I've been gravita- gravitating towards. He's got really cool are. moves. Huh? I think a lot of people are gravitating towards Jax. Gra- gra- Darius uh, is so cool. Darius, yeah. The, yeah. One, the one I've seen people complaining about is... Uh, um, uh, demon girl. What's her name? Serena. Serena. That seemed to calm down now, but at the outset, there were a lot of people complaining about Serena because everyone's been picking her, uh, and it's because apparently she's real good. I don't quite like her, but she's got a really good projectile with range that kind of reverses back, and I forget her other two moves. And she's not broken. There are some broken characters in this game. I don't know about cameos, but Darius, Darius, um, his back, his back summon. 
is he you literally hold him by the feet and whip him around oh, yeah. and it extends your reach like so much and it's just hilarious to do and his uh his front assist is he just comes out and does a flip kick uh but uh which and then, stuns which stuns yeah it's it, it crumples you and then his other one uh is uh he he does a flip he like you you flip him up like a cheerleader and he it's an overhead and i think for all three oh, no, of those no but if it connects but if it, yes. but if that connects, he does another move that bounds you up. You have to hold down. That's what I. That's what. That's what I've been having trouble trying to figure out because I watched a guy do it. I was able to do it with one type of assist, but not the other. But yeah, you if you hold down, if you keep holding the assist button, yeah, he'll reap. And I, I think oh, you I have, have to be attacked. You either have to hold it or you have to follow up his hit with your own character's hit. I thought it he, was if he connected the hit because a lot of times when I miss it, he doesn't do anything. I've been having trouble replicating it. I think the trick is you have to, he has to connect and then you have to follow up with your own attack and then he'll keep going. So there's like variations for the different cameos that make them way more uh, complicated than just a simple up, left, right. You know, it's it's kind of expands. My, my one kind of like negative on the cameos though, and I wonder if you guys have experienced this, but I'm pretty sure about it now. The cameos have a window of execution where you can bring them in and it's random depending on the combo. Like if you're doing nothing and you just bring them in, then yeah, they'll come in. But let's just say you're trying like you're in the middle of a combo and you're bringing in a cameo to do a combo extender. Depending on what part of the combo that you're doing, that cameo may not come out. And I don't... Like, and I, because it's one of those things where, like, there's windows, there's large windows where they can come in, and then there's little windows within certain frames where they will not come in. Like, they just, like, they don't execute freely, like, exactly when you want them to. I and think so- I've come across that. I think it's the same of finding the windows, uh, in your, your opponent's combos. Like, almost every combo will have a, a window there where you can combo break it. If, or, or not combo break it, you can, uh, I don't know what the term is, EX it out. Yeah, yeah, but, like, I guess to be more, and also, like, this is fair, but I still kind of, like, don't like it. There's also some cameos, like, like it depends on what move that you do, but some cameos will come in, and they'll just do a move, and they'll just completely miss when you think it does. Mm-hmm. Like, like, an example that I'll say is Goro. Goro has a move where he jumps in and he goes for a grab. I could be standing right next to my opponent who's doing absolutely nothing, bring Goro in to do the grab, and he'll just miss. And I'm thinking that, like... Dude, you, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that, like... must be off, then. Like, well, I, I don't think it's timing. I think that you have to do something first for Goro to land that grab. Like, you have to be in a combo or you have to bound them... I think um, there is a specific requirement for that. I haven't used Goro, but I think he yeah. his grab, I think your character your opponent has to be stunned or something like that for the grab to work. Yeah, and the thing is though, like I I will say that if I'm missing this, it is my fault, but I don't think that any, that no one tells you that. And I kind of feel like That's the thing. some some little info to tell you like how to actually use these That's cameos. the thing. There's aspects about this game that some of it's in the tutorial, but there's a lot of aspects that it doesn't straight up tell you. You're going to have to find out watching YouTube vids, which actually I'm okay with. I think I think if you go into the move list, 
and you go to the specific uh, moves that you want to try, like the Goro cameo, I think if you press, uh, I think the, on the X, Xbox, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Xbox X, button. X for the ad- advanced one. Usually, it tells you when to implicate implement certain specific moves. I yeah. know that works with uh, brutalities. Also, something like some moves are variations and they're different. And I don't know exactly why. Like, I'll use Cyrax as an example. Cyrax is neutral summon. He'll run in, do a spinning blade, and go up. Right. But mm-hmm. sometimes he goes forward, and I don't exactly oh, you know have to why. Go if you hold down the assist button, he goes forward. If you just tap it, he goes up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I wish yeah. it was in, the other way the, around. In the move list, it tells you like what the variations are. Like for example, I've been using Sector a lot now, and if you hit just neutral R one or R one or right bumper, uh, he'll you know send out a missile. But if you hold it, it becomes a hold homing missile. Yeah. So stuff like that. A lot of okay. the cameos make use of if you hold it, they do something extra. Like Frost, for example, her neutral, I think, is she does a sub-zero slide and it freezes you. But if you hold it, she rushes forward and does a bunch of punches on you. Like, Yeah, that's interesting. Now, granted, if that's just like by design of the game, then cool. That That's actually just even more variations to the cameos that I didn't even know. Now, it's like, oh, you not only have three options, you actually have other you know, enhancers of those options if you hold yeah. it, which I, which I think is cool, but I admit I'm still kind of like getting used to that, but I do, but, but I do actually think that there are windows like small windows where if you're doing something and you hit the, like, and you hit your cameo button, they just won't come out. They just won't come out period. It's different if your opponent's comboing you or if your opponent is like, is throwing you. Cause obviously I, like, they're not going to come like out. Like if you're, if you're getting pummeled, if you're in the middle of a, receiving end of you know bread and uh, fucking make go make a sandwich combo you're not yeah. going to be able to summon of you have to be not. able of to m- move yeah but you're probably right there probably are windows hmm. yeah there are i think i think actually maximilian dude did a did a video on this because he did a review like yeah mortal Kombat one so far or whatever and he talked about because he, he used reptile specifically i think where he was trying to do he did like one two combo and he wanted to su- do a summon and then do continue the combo. But if he pressed the cameo button and one of the punches at the same time, it wouldn't do it. He had to like do the, I think he had to do the cameo first, then continue the string. And that would do it. Like it was a way that you can't do the two buttons at the same time. You have to do it one after the uh, other. Yeah. It's a very and, dial a combo kind of. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that and that could be a fundamental aspect of the game. So, in essence, if you want to get around that, I, like I guess, yeah, they, like like That's the solution is just the solution is just to get good. But still, I'm still kind of like not used to it because I'm You're still, still in Street Fighter mode. Same. It's understandable. Yeah, still getting yeah. to it. I w- want to ask, like, when you use your combos, like what are your cameos? What what aspect of cameos do you look for? Like for me, right now, because I'm just still like messing around with them. The ones that I enjoy, the ones that do like a move that will uh, pop your the, get your opponent up, so that I could do an air combo. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, like uh, Sector has it where he does the teleport uppercut, and that'll pop your character, your opponent up. Uh, Darius has a thing where you flip him up, and he'll do that too. So, because for because like one thing that I enjoy about the game a lot is that there's so much more variety. It's not like just like you have this specific string of combos and then that's it like they have, there's so many ways to like continue a combo from like 
bouncing someone up and then continuing an air combo, bringing them back down and doing a cameo or whatever. Like there's so many, there's a lot more freedom to experiment with different types of moves, comboing into other special moves or whatever. So like, what do you guys, what, what type of cameos do you, are you look, working with right now? So I'll start, you seem by sending exactly what you said right now. I mean, obviously I may find like another one, but since I'm kind of early in the game, the cameo I'm most using is Cyrax because of his mm. neutral where he spins upward. Like there's been a few characters where I will do like say a pop-up with them. Just about every character has their own pop-up, like a little mini pop-up. And if I time it correctly, Cyrax will come in and then blade them up in the air. And then I like jumping up and doing an aerial combo. It's a good way just to get some good meterless damage without really committing too much to it. And it's a pretty easy combo extender. Um, and the timing is actually not too strict. So like I like like I like stuff like that. And Sub Zero and or Frost would be a number two because they have freezes. You can like hit someone in the air and then bring them in, freeze them, and then that gives you more than enough time to like continue a combo. Or if your character has a gimmick like a like a damage buff or something, you've got a you've got just enough time to activate that and then go into a combo from there, which I think is actually kind of cool. So I'd say you know I pretty much align with you, Yasin. I'm kind of the same way, because uh, guess what? Cyrix has been the one I've been using the most, too, because pop-up is nice. I like to use him for the combo extender, because uh, he's real useful. If I hold the summon and he does the forward helicopter, I, I like doing that to finish off a combo. Uh, his straight-up helicopter is helpful, like in a corner, uh, if I can juggle him and stuff like that. He's really diverse, too, because he has two different directional uh, self-destruct bombs, which I haven't made good use of him yet except to psych out, because uh, I've been playing online, to psych out people. Like, if I summon him, you can summon him from behind you or summon him from behind the opponent. And if I do the latter and the opponent's already blocking, it usually freaks them out and they, they make a move and then I can spear him. Get the fuck over here. Uh, but he, <laughs> he's still a little tricky. But uh, I think that's my thing. He's pretty much been the main one using Darius because he's fun. But... Uh, there's a lot of diversity, too, because, Jay, you mentioned Sub-Zero. Frost is cool. She's got that kind of floaty ball that's kind of similar to Lee Mei's Lantern, where it's like, you know, keep you from jumping in the air, and if you do, you get frozen. Uh, and and she's got a nice little set of moves. But Sub-Zero's cool because, if you haven't noticed, he has an armor move. Yeah. Which is cool. I haven't, I've, I've experimented. I have not experimented with that one yet. But I will say, Josh, I can't tell you how many times I was trying to use Sub Zero to freeze someone, and I hit the fort either too early or too late, and he armors me up, and I drop my combo, and I'm like, dang it, dang it. <laughs> well, if if and I'm probably not going to use him against you. I might use him against Liu Kang, or I'm sorry, Kung Lao. Uh, you seen Kung Lao? Because I'm like, I think because basically, what what if for anyone that doesn't know. One of Sub-Zero's cameo moves is he freezes you, puts a, I mean, if you play the story mode, he, you know, he does it to a scorpion. So it basically puts a block of ice in your chest and makes you invulnerable to all projectiles and not just like invulnerable, like there's not even any pushback. You walk through like you're the goddamn Terminator and they, they're nothing. Yeah. So fucking great. Yeah, it's ba- it basically makes you for a limited time, I think for about five hits, completely invulnerable, pushback and everything to projectiles. And if this were MK past MKs, it'd be my go-to for fighting Jay. 
But since Johnny Cage doesn't have his force ball anymore, I don't got to worry about that. But it might Wait, be does useful include... against Kung Lao. It does. I, I was like, does it include a hat? I tested it. Hats, hat goes right through it. So, but if you get watch hit out. once, like with a punch or a kick, then it goes away, right? I don't know if punches or kicks break it apart. I know it can withstand five projectile hits, and then it'll go away. It I goes away. I've in tried general. it. I've tried it, and every time I use it, I get kicked out of it. Really? I feel maybe like. maybe physical blows do break it apart faster. Um, that's like I haven't played a lot with it because, like, yeah, I'm I'm just in love with my Cyrix. That would help a lot with. Uh, Kitana, because holy crap, she's annoying to play. Against. Oh, really? Are you talking about online or computer? Both. <laughs> I haven't encountered any Kitanas. I'll tell you who the one. Uh, so, so I played online. I've even played some Combat League because I want some of those banners. I don't even care about the Scorp uh, skin because there's a sexy Scorpion skin that everyone's losing their mind over as uh, a reward for tier one. It looks. I we could talk is about. One, is it the one with the flaming skull? No, that's what just came on the premium shop uh, last night, and I want that. That's how does his, that work? It's his dead... What do you mean, how does that work? The premium shop? Because it has a specific... Uh, uh, it has a specific currency, but I don't know how to get it. I mean, I've been at 200. You need... Uh, I don't know what I... You need dragon crystals, which I think the only way to get dragon crystals is you got to buy them. It's, it's the buying currency. Um, no, seriously. If you pre-order, you get dragon crystals already. Like you just get a bunch oh, that's right what out I the used set. It on, yeah, there might be. Yeah, I'm so bad. I, I bought his ripped toga uh, thing because it kind of looked cool, and now I wish I hadn't. Because yeah, his, his new skin on the premium shop is specifically from Deadly Alliance, and I've said I kind of like his Deadly Alliance outfit. Only he has a flaming skull to boot, and it looks sick. But you know what? I could get it yet because. One of the other premium shop things available right now is Johnny Cage's Indiana Jones uh, costume. Yeah. And I got it by pure luck by going to the shrine. There's a shrine now, which is a carryover from 11. In the Krypton 11, there was a shrine you could visit and decide how much money you want to risk putting in it, and you get a random reward. Now they just put it on the main menu. And guess what? I just went to the first thing I did when I logged on yesterday to play a little bit. I went to the shrine. Boom. Indiana Jones, Johnny Cage. I didn't even know it was in the premium shop. So I could get Scorpion still if I just keep winning fights and get some gold coins. Oh, so coins. those things can still end up at in the shrine? Yeah. Apparently. Because okay. I got... That, I, I am so lucky, that man. Makes you feel I got I got Shang Tsung for free just by pure luck from some employee putting the wrong copy on the shelf. And I got the premium Johnny Cage skin. Just by pure luck. I think it's because you were on the Nintendo. I know. <laughs> yeah, the Nintendo... I don't know if I want to get into that now or not when we talk about some of the bugs. Uh, Nintendo, of course, has its share of them. But. I, I, think, I think now, Josh, is actually a good time to talk about some of the bugs because, man, as much as I love NK11 for a lot of reasons, I still got beef. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. So I think I think it's not a bad time to talk about the bugs. And I, and I would like to just say that probably, like... You know, as far as like navigating Mortal Kombat one, I I will say in like to this Nether Realms, if you're if you even remotely listen to this, I will say thank you from the bottom of my ever loving heart 
for actually changing the menu, the main screen menu, yes. and making it so simple. Because, man, oh, 11, an, 11 annoyed the crap out of me with the moving screens and everything. I did my test. I, I fired up MK1, went to the main menu, went to versus, local, character screen, done. It took me, like, probably less than a minute. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. This is what I want. This is what I want out of life. The menu but is MK, so much MK more streamlined. MK11 came out in 2019, right? Uh, earlier than so, that, I think. Yeah, earlier no, than that. No, no. It was 2019. Actually, okay. yeah, you see it's right. So that's been, what, four years? It's been four years, and I feel like that that uh, menu screen still confuses the crap out of me. Like, if I want to go to, like, Crypt, I'm like, wait, which option do I go to? For I've crypt? literally been, like, the old, confused old man inside a giant department store when it comes to MK11's menus. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but MK1 slightly lose even though I love the menu I really truly do um, it still loses me because for some ungodly no reason I still don't know why they did this we have like four different types of in-game currency and there's yeah. no like and there's no and there's no screen that tells you how much you have you get to know some of the currency if you go to invasion and every time you win a match you'll have like a little thing. That yeah. shows your experience, and I thought that I thought those numbers were how much experience I actually got, but no, it's actually telling me the coin numbers, which I guess is kind of cool. But I would love for the coins to show up like in your profile, like when you're like the little profile cards you have in your top left, where it shows your character mastery, your notifications. Just have one that shows how much in-game currency you have, because when I go to the store or if I go to the forge and in invasion, I have no idea how much I actually have until I'm in the store, and I would like to know beforehand. I if agree. you have four if you have four currents four different types of currency i kind of feel like you need to know some of this stuff because i hate the fact when you go into the shrine you have to go you have to go all the way into the shrine for wait for it to load up to find out how many coins you have before you like and then you can use them if you want to use them or if you don't have enough coins then you back out but i would love just a little teeny tiny number somewhere saying you have this many coins you have this many dragon crystals Correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but if you just like open up your combat card, it doesn't show that information at all. Not that I know of. I mean, I'll like grant that the game's still new in my head, so maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I didn't see it, but I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, I don't. I feel either. like it should it should take a page from Fortnite, where when you open up Fortnite, you see how much battle stars you have, and you also see how much coin uh, gold you have that you can you know yeah. purchase. Yeah, yeah. That's and also like a- you have like your V coins or whatever too. So you have all of it on the version main coins. lobby pane, the first page. You see. Yeah. Yeah. So. Stuff like that is a very small quality of life update that I feel like they could easily put in the game, like in another season or something. That could be Just patched in. Th- yeah, it probably will be patched in. There's a lot of quality of life things here. Uh, I think the thinking with the currency was probably just like, oh, well, just hold off and showing you how much you have until you get to a menu where you need to use it, which I guess is okay. I wonder how much of that, you know, multiple currency thing is, is, is that a NetherRealm thing or is that a WB games thing? Because I feel like that's a know. WB thing. I feel it's just a modern games thing. Every game has currencies. Fortnite has Not multiple currencies. Like that much. I mean, Eleven did it too. I don't know. Why would WB, of all their mandates, why would that be a mandate? I want you to have lots of currency. Because it gives, because pe- it makes people, forces people to like, have to play the game in different ways and then also have to buy, you know, maybe more yeah. currency as well with real money. Oh, uh, that's a, we know that's a big thing for sure, yeah. Yeah, and this is a and this is a very modern gaming thing. I don't really 
I don't dislike it inherently because Street Fighter Six does the same thing. They have like these weekly, monthly challenges that you can find, and that if you complete the challenge, you'll you'll get like little things. Like on Street Fighter Six, you get kudos, which really just unlock like little tiny customizational things in your profile. And Mortal Kombat seems like it's not really much different. Like you get like uh, what is it like uh like combat coins, which are seasonal from what it says. And then the gold coins are what you use for the shrine. And then you've got like these other coins that you use for the forge and invasion. And then the dragon crystals, which is what you use to buy stuff from the Microsoft store that you pay for with real money. And I'm Nintendo just like, store. Excuse you. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But like when you have all this stuff kind of going on, I just feel like it's too much. Like there's just too, yeah. Mortal Kombat 1 condensed a lot of stuff. but It does they, feel but, like it's trying to be more complicated than it is. It's one. Yeah. It should be simple, yeah. right? Yeah. Just, it should be. It just should be like you get like it's one currency. Just have it be the coins. And then if you're playing an invasion or towers, you can earn a certain amount at a time. Like you get like a higher rate of it or something like that. Or if you play like online, you get a higher rate of coins. But it should be varied as far as like how much you get playing which each like different mode. That that'd like be a each solve. Mode has a different, you know. And then you'd currency. you'd you'd have a resource management situation, a la Resident Evil, where you'd be like, do I want to spend my coins on this sick skin, this premium skin, or do I want to buy uh, a back or, or whatever the fuck you can buy, like a piece of gear? Oh, I mean, it's gear the same thing. Talk about. I guess so. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's it's the same thing where it's like you're still having to like, uh decide what you want to do to get a certain thing but instead of being like well i gotta do this one to get this currency to get this thing you'd be like well i just need to play this you know mode more to get more coins to be able to get this skin or whatever all i know is i want that i want that scorpion uh deadly alliance skin and the only way i can get it is winning fights getting gold coins and crossing my fingers and hope i get it in the shrine or spend 10 bucks of real money and get it and i'm not about to do that when i just fucking bought the game oh um, i think how long is that is that out for it's supposed to be 48 hours but the first rotation stayed up for three days so it, i don't know mm. try keep trying to get it through the shrine and if at the last minute if you really want it buy it but i'm out of coins i gotta i gotta win fights to get coins and guess what <laughs> the last couple of fights i've been getting taken to the cleaners i need Dude, to go last back to night training was rough yeah Okay. Oh, I felt that like sounds my good. hand was like slow. <laughs> uh, so, I I'm, I'm, I must have been I must be repeating a thought I didn't get to finish earlier. Uh, I was gonna say okay. I played online. You seen? I know you played online. Jay, you said you haven't yet, right? I've been yeah, like, but I've also been kind of like really kind of hanging back with playing online. I waited a little while before I played online for Street Fighter Six, honestly, as well because. When it, I definitely have some PTSD with bad <laughs> internet connections and oh, well, that, yeah, lag, yeah, like and lagging frames, and I lose matches because of it, and rage quitters, and just yeah, just basically all the horror stories. But I, I, I've actually just, heard. Uh, go ahead. You, no, what, what'd you hear? But I've heard that the network connection in MK1 is passable, but it's it could be better. From me, from a, I from, haven't had an issue yet. From a Nintendi's perspective, it's pretty much been on par with eleven, which means some matches run smooth, 
Some run stuttery, and I don't blame that on Nintendo. I blame that on some guy with a 56k modem in fucking another country. Yeah, like I get, I, I get, I get. You're gonna get some of that, but huh? it could I, be here. Yeah, but 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 I also hear that when you're doing matchups, like let's just say you're new to MK or whatever, and you go online for like the first time, and like your characters rank like one or whatever. See, like. I don't know if if MK1 does this, correct me if it does, but in Street Fighter 6, you have like different tiers that you're in and then it will only match you up with other people that are in that oh, tier. Oh, oh, yeah, MK but, does not do that. Yeah, so like you could be like you could be Joe Schmo who just picked up a fighting game for the first time and you're going to play like a pro MK player that's going to literally Mike wreck. Tyson versus Steve Urkel. Um Boy. But in combat league or in casual uh, either uh, casual, maybe maybe casual seems to be a little bit more thing. But I've seen a meme about it where people said like, "Oh, lol." Every now and then, I you know, it, it was the same at eleven. Uh, and once again, I'm speaking from the Switch experience. But yeah, I, it, it's completely random. I could get someone that's a scrub. I've gotten some that are a little bit more with me, which isn't too much far from the bottom. And then I've been matched up with like, why am I even matched up with this guy? <laughs> he's like level over 5,000, you know? I think that... Because uh, Rank does have like a level up system in it. I don't really... It's, it's not as well telegraphed as in Street Fighter Six, but there is something where you do level up. And I felt like I had more even matches in Ranked, whereas in uh, Casual, like immediately as soon as I see someone... Like I have... For example, if I have like, I don't know, 10 wins, 12 losses, something like that. And then someone else has like 58 wins and whatever. Immediately, I'm like, I cancel. I'm like, I'm not fighting this guy. This guy's put way more hours into it. I'm not doing it. I only match up with people who are in a similar like win-loss ratio. I'll sometimes entertain a a higher level guy like that. However, if you have not played Combat League, in Combat League, you get a warning screen that says, if you dip out now, it could affect your, uh, your oh, standing. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll be a good sport. I'll try. I'll go in March to the slaughter. But what I was going to oh, say, it's too, like the best of three, right? Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't realize first that. I was quitting so it's many matches. Is it yeah. the first of three? I, I guess. No, it's I think it's the best three. of three. Okay. No, because I've gone, I've gone like to like 2-2, two, two, and then it's like, you got to be the last one. Whoever gets thir- three first. Oh, I guess I've just been lucked out and been kind of back and forth with the people I've fought in Combat League. But I didn't realize that rule. Uh, it was probably the same at 11, but I didn't realize it. I didn't realize I've been declining matches after the uh, losing the first one, not wondering why. Like, oh, why am I going back to the main menu? It's because you're supposed mm. to play, like, yeah, the first two. But I was going to say, so, Jay, if you haven't played online yet, I'm just going to say, if you get a smoke player... Just fucking walk run. away, dude. Just walk away. Yeah, run. Walk, run. Yeah. Don't 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 even try it. Smoke. Also Baraka too. I can't wait to try Baraka. Oh, he's my dude. he's my third to try. I he was so fun to play. Oh, that that was something I want to bring up too. Uh I don't know which one to start. Smoke, I'll just say smoke. I was so happy to see smoke come back as a character, but now just get the fuck out. I want smoke to get the fuck out. <laughs> Cause he sucks to fight. Uh, Baraka, I didn't really gravitate towards him in 11, even though he's one of my favorite characters in 2. Uh, he's so much fun to play here. 
But uh, to dial it back to what you said, Jay, if, if uh, this is sorry for running the train here, but this is a point I want to bring up. You said if Netherrealm, if they listen to us, I think I've confirmed that they do. What? Yeah, buddy. Because so? uh, one of Baraka's new moves is this cool air spin, which is just so fucking fun to do. <laughs> You just jump in the yeah. air and do a quick quarter. He just Sonic the Hedgehogs through there. And I say yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog because a couple episodes back, I'm always the one to be bringing up stuff we did in the past. We were talking about, I was talking about a unused move in MK2's assets where Baraka does a, a somersault. And it wasn't a Sonic spin. It was more like his legs are straight. He bounces off his blades uh, but because of the way I was describing it, nevertheless, it reminded Jay of Sonic, and we launched into Baraka, he could really move. We launched into the Sonic song only with Baraka in it. I think Netherrealm was listening, because now there literally is a Sonic spin move for Baraka. <laughs> That's my theory. And they put combat time as one of the things that John Well, I mean, when he we can't take ownership the... of that. That's from the cartoon, which, you know, we, we stole. We can take but, ownership. But maybe, maybe, just maybe. It wasn't in the cartoon. What do you mean it wasn't in the cartoon? It's she, Sonya no, says it every episode. Johnny, no, he was fucking dead. But you know, Sonya's not yeah. a main character; she's a cameo. So why why not Johnny say it? I don't know. Maybe mm. may, maybe maybe that's too. I think they're listening. Someone's listening. Maybe not Ed Boone. He's too busy. Maybe some of the programmers. Someone someone out there. Well, <laughs> I mean. Well, I mean, well, Josh, Melina has a very similar move that she can do. I don't think she moves, but she kind of sits there in the air and goes Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog and and throws her like her purple side stuff. Like yeah, everywhere. she throws out. Well, she has Cartotten spikes now too. She has size, but she also because she has Tarkat. Uh, I have a I have a very strong feeling, like you know, story wise, Baraka and Melina is going to be the new power couple in MK. Well, I, I mean, in MK two, that was the power couple. Uh, yeah. That was kind of the joke because they both have teeth. And that was before they figured out what Tarkatans were. Like the original concept was all Outworlders had teeth like that. And then they decided it was just the Nomads. It was just the Tarkatans and Melina was da-da-da-da-da clone from them. Who knows? Yeah, but no, no. Well, well, no, Jay, he won't. She won't because, you know, she's she and Tanya are a thing now. I guess so. <laughs> Melina and Tanya is very, they didn't really go overtly there. But yeah, Tanya, Melina. There is a whole thing in the story too about how Melina caught Tarkat. And I don't want to get in the story just yet, or we can, but uh seems to be she went out for a little menage and uh, might have might have bumped uglies of the wrong person. Oh God. <laughs> that's that's the impression I got. Well, I did at least want to address like very quickly before we move on to the story, just to, you know, a couple of like, you know, pretty obvious bugs that have been talked about on, on mm, MK1, yeah. which which you know, again, I don't want to be too critical of Nether Realms here because it looks like they are addressing these issues with patches. But I just do find it kind of funny that like um, that some of these bugs are definitely things that are cause for concern on a like on a AAA game on launch, even if they do patch them, because some of these, like from what I've heard, are pretty obnoxious. Like one is one that I, I think probably the, probably the most egregious one that I heard of is that it's been patched, admittedly, but was a player one um, over player two advantage where player one actually had different gravity settings to their character versus player two, which would cause player one to be able to complete combos that player two cannot complete, 
which it doesn't matter who. You, yeah, oh, yeah. You didn't it's hear like, about that. Yeah, that yeah. was no. People a good example pissed. of the a good example of this you've seen is that there's this combo that you can do with Sub Zero, and it doesn't really matter how it starts. But there's a but there's an instance where he pops them in the air. He does an aerial combo. But before he completes the aerial combo, he drops down and does an ice clone, and the and your opponent falls on the ice clone and freezes in midair. Player one can do that, but player two, if you're sub zero in player two and you do the exact same combo, when you drop and throw out the ice clone, your character um, like your character falls um, your character falls faster down to the ground, and the opponent oh. and the and the opponent doesn't hit the ice clone on his way down. It's a gravity advantage that player one has over player two. It's a it's very subtle, but it it it, it matters everything. If all of a sudden you can't do combos, but pl- like player two can't do combos, but player one can, if they're the exact same character. Like to you and me, you seen to casual with the K players, it probably wouldn't matter, and we wouldn't even notice. But for I would pe- just think I suck at the combo. Yeah, which you know <laughs> is probably true. Because uh, I do suck at combos, but for people that are veterans and people that are already wanting to get into tournaments with this, right, it, it ruined the game for them. I think there actually was a little bit of a player base drop off already because of that. Because a lot of serious players are like, "Fuck!" I can't believe it. It was like everyone was talking about it. I guess me and Jay just Jay's a fighting game. Nerd, I stayed so away. I, I pretty much stayed away from everything Mortal Kombat until I finished the story, and then. After that, I just got so into the game that I just I didn't really look at oh like, man Reddit or anything. I love seeing what people are saying about the game. I'm addicted to it, so I like seeing what people are saying. So that but news I wonder if ne- that's inevitably a, came up. I wonder if that's a glitch because there is like a uh, modifier in like the I think invasions where if you are in this like circle, your gravity changes. I don't hmm maybe, but from what I heard too, nine also had this problem initially. Oh. So I don't know if it's tied to any fuckery that's in the evasions uh, modifiers or not. It could yeah. be, maybe, but it's what moot point, I guess, because it is fixed now. Uh, uh, several days after the game came out, they released a six gigabyte uh, sized oh, more yeah. more okay. for the PC players uh, patch that, and I didn't get no patch. Nintendo Switch didn't get no patch because guess what? <laughs> as far as uh uh but. Incomplete uh, features. Uh, I can't play all of Invasions yet. I thought it was a bug. There are bugs in the Switch version of Invasions. Uh, switching characters, for one. Uh, invasions makes you want to switch characters uh, just to try out someone new in a, a different setting or, or to do the stupid elemental challenges. But uh, in yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this is the same for the other platforms, but for Switch, when you switch a character, sometimes it doesn't stick. Like you go back and you still had your original setup, and sometimes it defaults to Kano as your cameo. And no matter how many times you open up the menu, and guess what? Anytime you hit the button to open up the menu, it takes a stutter for it to open up. Like the menus, even though they're nice and streamlined, like Jay is happy to see, they fucking take forever to get through, at least on the Switch. Uh, yeah. It's just like I even seen a meme about it that makes me think it's across all platforms. But uh, the only way to fix that is to quit the whole goddamn game, not just invasions, but the whole goddamn game, and go back in. And then the new person you picked will be there. And it's just not worth it. If I'm going to play invasions, I might as well just keep the same character the whole way through. But yeah, I got to the Johnny K- end of Johnny Cage's mansion, and there's no portal in his bedroom. There's just a Tarkatan. I don't know if you noticed. There's a Tarkatan looking through his bedroom window. 
just hanging out there looking a creepy. Uh, a little creepy. But uh, when you tr- there's no visible portal, but if you there, the icon is there, and when you hit it, it says something like season one to continue. And on NetherRealm's website, it explicitly says to quote unquote provide the best experience. The Nintendo Switch only has the first stage of invasions available, and the other stages will be added in a manner of weeks. And I'm like, okay, I want to fucking earn some shit. I want to fucking rank up, even though I didn't like invasions from what I saw. Uh, Actually, I played it a bit last night, and I don't know if you just want to like, uh. If you're like, you know, if you're playing like a bunch of like online or ranked or whatever, and you just kind of want to chill for a bit, but still want to earn, you know, coins and different brutalities and skins and all that stuff. It's pretty fun. It's, it's pretty like low key and you just kind of, you could put on a podcast or something and just kind of mindlessly go through it. You still get that dopamine. I, I don't get, get that s- dopamine hit. Yeah, small side. I don't understand why people fucking listen to other media while they're playing video games. I want to get immersed immersed in the video game. Oh, it depends on the video game. Yeah, even if it's just like invasions and it's just kind of like a, a nice breezy little board game thing. There's music in it, right? There's background audio from the people that are hanging out in Johnny Cage's mansion. I don't know why he lets so many people in his mansion. I want to be immersed in it. I don't want to fucking distract my brain for fucking five different fucking... I almost said millennials, but I'm a millennial. Fucking Zoomers. Just pick one thing. I'm not a Zoomer. This is my old man rant. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, well, I mean, it depends. Like, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's a comfy is, little Evasion is cool. Evasion is cool as far as, like, design or whatever. But, like, it's not, like, story mode where, like, you have to really pay attention to it. Like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, there's music and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not putting on headphones. I just have it. I just put it on speaker, like, my phone. I guess, like but have the podcast going in the background, and I still can hear the music and stuff. But it's like I guess. But I to add know. to my rant, like before I like criticize Invasions mode because I'm not a fan of it. Uh, even small things deserve full attention. Like people who watch, if you watch movies of a bunch of friends, right? And oh, it's a it's a quiet scene. Oh, now's a good time for me to talk and and stuff like that. Well, no, maybe the quiet scene deserves paying attention to. And like Johnny's well, no, mansion. no, but if it's a repetitive thing, I guess. And I, I may be giving too much credit to the experience of playing Evasions, because yeah, my 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 first impressions of it, I I didn't like it, and I'm like, this fucking sucks. But that's also because I only got to play Johnny's mansion. I'm sure it gets a lot more yeah. involved. But part of it is also well, that, cause... go ahead. It's also what? Well, I'm um, part of it is also because I know you didn't play a lot of it. The crypt in MK11 was so great. As far as providing you with a single-player experience that something you can do when you're not fighting other people, the Crypt in MK11 is great because it was basically an adventure game. I mean, it was a very... If it was a game released all on its own, it probably would be five bucks, right? But it was still really cool to go on a nostalgia trip. That. Dude, it was so great because you're exploring Shang Tsung's Island. It was a nostalgia trip, for one, because you're seeing all these locales you fought at and MK1, the real MK1. You know what it was? Hmm. You know what the problem is? This, this jump scares. Because we were playing... Because, because I... Uh, well, I, have, I didn't get there, so I, there was always going to be a limit for me with, with the Crypt. Like, uh, but... I think most of the time when I played the Crypt, it was on the Nintendo Switch because at that time I was playing with you a lot. Like, right. Like, online during... Like, it was mostly during the pandemic. So, I didn't really mess with it on... Uh, places like ps4 at the time so 
every time I, when I played, I was like, man, this kind of just looks like shit. And oh well, yeah, there's there's a whole skybox missing on the Switch, <laughs> dude. I'm like, I was, I was like, man, it's like just all dark, and it's like there's not much story that I'm seeing too much of. And yeah, you're going to Goro's Lair or whatever, but it's like I don't know. It just felt like eh, okay, I'm just walking around in this really crappily like rendered place and opening cases and stuff. Uh, I don't know. It gets so much. This one, this, it, I, I like the design. I like how Invasions looks more well, than the the crypt. The crypt got so much more in depth than that. Like you didn't play much. Like because yeah, you get to Goro's Lair, you find artifacts that you read, and like it gives you some lore. You get more weapons, and there becomes more gamification where you have to like you know put on Kenshi's blindfold, like I said, or in the, there's oh you, you do more than just have the hammer. Yeah, you get Kenshi's blindfold, which I told you last episode. Like you can oh, right. see yeah. secret things, but at the risk of getting like jump scared and possibly killed. Fuck that. You, you get Scorpion Spear, which lets you go back and explore places you've already been and pull down new things. Uh, there's traps you have to navigate through, and you can die uh, in those traps. And uh, fucking Kari Dagawa is narrating it anytime you open a new area. There's fights. Apparently, you could fight Spawn uh, in there. You can meet the collector and trade shit. Like, it is an adventure game. Like, at the beginning, it seems real shallow, just opening chests, but it expands. It's really cool. Yeah, that's all I got to. I only did the shallow stuff. In comparison, I like, also, crit- I just... Oh, good. I'm just... I think I, I, I'm i into Invasion a little bit more just because everything's more colorful and... Yeah, it's mindless or whatever, but uh, I know I'm, like, I'm not getting any jump scares. Yeah. Freaking... I swear, this, the, the Krypton MK9 has scarred me for life. They confirmed on the combat cast, uh, they said, yeah, no, this this Invasions has no jump scares. I think they probably got complaints. <laughs> oh, well. Dude, the first time I got a jump scare in the MK9 crypt, I, I threw the controller down like, oh, God, I can't do this. <laughs> and I, I started, I started, every time I tried to play it, I would play with, like, with the volume down and just like kind of peeking through <laughs> like i was that gonna do it well hi man I jump scares. you know internet in the early 2000s we had those jump scare screamers that were just GIFs. they were just gifs they didn't even have sound but somehow they still scared us remember those dude that uh i think everybody's seen that clip where it's like a fake car commercial where you see a car going in the around a hill or whatever and it goes behind a big rock formation and you're waiting for the car to come back out, and then just someone just jumped out. Oh fuck um, that! Yeah, screamed. I think those should I had, be illegal. I had man. that happen to me. I had that happen to me in, I think, on the campus library, on the computer with headphones on, and I jumped out of my chair. Oh no! I saw one that was. I'm sorry, a spider. It was. It was a video of a little spider walking on the side of a pool. And you think something's going to happen, and then, yeah, the fucking spider, they animated spider jumping at you, like, right face-hugging the screen, and, like... Nope. I, nope. I, I think shit like that should be illegal, dude, because, you know, with a jump scare in a movie, there's at least consideration for, okay, let's not make it too scary where it literally kills somebody, but if some chuckle fuck on the internet could kill somebody with that shit. I don't want to be a... I don't want to be a sissy, but, jeez... It's uh, that was just a product of that time. The the internet back then was like a wild, wild west. Well, I mean, it still is. I saw the spider thing this year. Fuck no. The equivalent I see now on TikTok and stuff is like when you see someone like uh, I don't know, 
winding up to, to hit a baseball. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And the baseball goes straight at the camera. And you drop your phone on your face. I've seen that, too. That that also is the same vein, but at least it's not like spiders. But, yeah, it's like, it gets you, man. You don't need sound to make a jump. So, yeah, it's like, the crypt was so cool. It Like, the, the complaint I've been hearing about Eleven is that the single-player experience it provides is not as good as Eleven and... So far, I'm feeling that with the Crypt, because honestly, my first experience with the Crypt, also hampered by the Switch, one, because I, I can't remember if I mentioned in the recording or our outside conversations, but the Switch, currently, you can only play Johnny Cage's Mansion, which is the tutorial stage. Uh, they're waiting a couple weeks to add the rest of the maps just because they, they wanted to get it out at, uh, on time or something. Um, so I was bored, but I guess I was supposed to be bored because it was a tutorial. But once once I opened up the map and like exploring around, it was kind of cool. I like you know it's cool to see all the the visual storytelling man of you know the 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 maps and all that. But as far as like going in, the crypt was cool because it provided a, a single player experience that was wholly different from fighting, whereas the invasions keeps putting you into you know. Uh, board game stops where you play a match and a lot of people hate gesundheit a lot of people hate this it's matches with modifiers with super armor and elemental shit which i don't even want to get bothered with i i beat the tutorial without using any fucking talismans or whatever the fuck i just you know plowed through i think most people did actually josh though i i respect the crypt i don't miss it like um but also, I don't think I'm going to like Invasion much either, because I kind of share your thoughts on Invasion. First impression, I don't like it either. Um, I actually kind of like the idea that there's a shrine, you get the coins, you just throw the coins in there, and then you get what you get. And then once you do enough times, maybe you'll get everything. I much prefer that method because it's just brainless, and I can concentrate on the more core aspects of the game, which is, of course, the fighting, the training, um, the combo tutorials, fighting online, stuff like that. I kind of feel like the game, like that's all the game needs. But now we're kind of in modern fighting game world where you can't just have an arcade mode and a training mode and call it a day. You have to apparently have so much more. Like Street Fighter Six has its own open world platform, which I think is kind of weird, but okay <laughs> and lord and like in tekken already had like adventure mode even like well before even well before that so i think this sort of trend is kind of here to stay but mm. uh but uh, but i kind of i don't know it's just like i like a fighting game story mode just fine and i always thought arcade was just fine i don't really feel the need to expand upon it with things like invasion the bet like you know the world tour or whatever tekken 8 is probably gonna have i just don't see the need for all this stuff well, i like having that stuff because i'm not always gonna i don't feel like being social on a certain night but i want to play some mk so it could, you know and, and earn yeah, loot. i think that that's the way that i look at it uh i mean yeah like i said it is kind of mindless but i do like i don't know like the the, the second part that i'm at now is like all very colorful and green is like lakes and stuff it's all very serene mm. kind of thing uh and then i still see it as like yeah it's pointless fights but it is also chances for me to work on combos and work on different strategies and stuff and like kind of you know it's more practice with my characters basically yeah that's... like the the whole the whole board thing and the you know rewards is kind of all in the periphery but like i kind of just use it to like just kind of 
train when I don't feel like doing another tower. And I also don't feel like just doing a tutorial or a challenge. I'm like, okay, I'll just do the invasion. I can still learn certain combos and like how to, you know, timing and stuff like that. And then it's just a like nice looking board game, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like I can respect it, but it still, it just, it's just not, not for so- everybody. Yeah. It's definitely not something that holds my interest. I like, I love the crap out of street fighter six. I have not even started world tour. I don't plan to. I just zero interest. Um, and then honestly, like with invasion, if it wasn't for the fact that like you like going through invasion is probably the best way, you know, like realistically to unlock as much stuff as possible, you know, without having to go through like the tower grind for only a little bit at a time. If it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't do invasion. And once I unlock everything for a certain number of characters, I'm probably never going to do invasion again. Just because, like, it's just it just doesn't interest me. They're gonna want you to do it because it's by season. So we're we're in the season of the specter. Uh, I mean, if they like, if they find a way to make it interesting, like if they did invasion to where it actually extends the MK1 storyline, which is possible that it will. Maybe in small ways. Yeah, like I'll leave the judge out for that, but you know, I just don't see right now currently. It just it feels like it it just feels like you're running around, you're fighting, you know, the same battles that you could fight really anywhere, but now you have modifiers, you have gravity, you have slow you have slow down, you have heightened damage, you have speed, you have these little demon things that are dropping fireballs at you randomly out of nowhere you get ambushed and you have little towers that you have to do in the invasion as well so guess what josh when you actually do invasion you got you've actually got to do towers in there too interesting Um, okay yeah yeah i mean there's small like there's small towers and you got some test your might that throw that gets thrown at you here and yeah there too. i did the one in johnny's mansion and he complained about hey man i told you not to break anything which you know i like little flourishes like that make me laugh uh which actually preview for me? Do, do, do the do the next maps have narrators? Like if you go um, into Fujian no. Village, no. I mean, I'm only I'm only in one right now. Like I'm, it's not like I've gone more than just one. I'm in the village one, which is the first one highlighted after you do the tutorial. But the only the only other problem I had is that I think these things are just too long. Like I'm in the village now, and I've already spent two hours in this village, and I'm still in it, and I'm just like I'm done. Like there's just not enough. There's not enough here to really hold my attention because you're just running from place to place doing these pallet swap battles with little modifiers thrown in with a test your might and a tower thrown in for fun. Like it's I don't find it inherently interesting because it's not different enough. Yeah, that's why I like the the crypt because it was different. It was its whole other game. That's why they need to bring back mo- motor combat, man. Do something fun. Yeah, honestly, actually, I mean, I like we have it. Pl- well, I have it played Armageddon. Um, but Motor Combat, I would love that. Give me a racing game. Let's do Mario Kart, but with Motor Combat characters. Honestly, I kind of want to see it. That's I've just at least been different. Uh, I've just been playing F Zero Ninety Nine. What? Shout out! Fucking run! Don't walk to the Nintendo eShop and download if fucking F Zero Ninety Nine. Fucking great game. Um, actually, I was gonna start out the podcast by saying like, well, I guess I got to put down F Zero now because Mortal Kombat, and that has happened, but uh. Every now and then I pick up F-Zero. Fucking play it, man. But yeah, playing that makes me wish it was a Mortal Kombat racer. Um, and as far as story, yeah, I think you'll get little nuggets of just neat lore building. But obviously our next story uh, expansion is going to be whenever in the far future they release the 
story DLC to carry off from the ending of the what we experienced uh, at the very end of the story campaign, which uh, I guess that's a good segue, unless anyone has anything uh, gameplay-wise to say. Uh, I did... Uh, I did want to comment about like the gear and stuff like that, but that's not essential. Uh, you said, uh, "What you gonna say?" I'm just thinking. Uh, yeah, overall, I think I just think the gameplay. I I think is pretty solid. I I dig it a lot. Uh, I like how the game feels. I love how the game looks. Like I don't think we talked about how beautiful it looks. Like at least, sorry, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the colors are still there. <laughs> colors are still there, I guess. Yeah, but like. And then on PS5 and the Xbox, like it, it's one of the best looking games out there right now. It may be one of the best looking games ever. It's ridiculous. Ever, wow! Like the amount of detail and like lighting and I don't know, everything just looks great. And speaking of going into story mode and stuff, like the story mode, like the motion capture and the you know mm-hmm. acting and the choreography. I mean, no, not not all the actors. I actually do. Some uh, actors, yeah, yeah, we know about those certain actors. Some act, we'll get to that. And actually, but. there's some as far as motion capture. Uh, just launching the story, and this is not Nintendo specific. This is just because guess what? I'm at least able to enjoy the story mode in Nintendo because guess what? It's all pre-rendered video, so it, it, it hiccups a little bit transitioning from a fight to the, back to the video. But all the video looks just like it's supposed to be in Nintendo because it's pre-rendered. I think it's only pre-rendered on the Nintendo. Maybe that's it because the fatalities and fatal blows are in-game engine and they look like utter shit. But the the story mode looks like it should. But uh, I did notice way back in the the trailer uh, that showed off uh, the Lin Kuei. We we talked so much about how great the motion capture was in Eleven. with, yeah. you know choreography and all that i didn't see as much of it in one because there's some animations during battles that look really keyframed rather than specifically it was in the trailer where sub-zero is facing off against uh no i'm sorry scorpion is facing off against raiden in the tea house and in, in this in the story mode scene and like raiden kind of does this kick like this flip tumbling kick and just sends scorpion to the floor and it's animated very sharply quick, and it looks like keyframe. It doesn't look uh, motion I mean, captured. I don't think every, I don't think every frame is motion. I mean, when you do motion capture, it's like you're getting all of the reference. But then, I mean, depending on what type of game you do, you're gonna enhance it when you go into like, you know, rigging and yeah. you, you know, all you know when you start doing the 3D models and stuff on it. Like you're gonna. Once you're, you know, directing the scene and you're putting it, you're editing it in the computer, like, I think you're going to, depending on the game, it's going to, you're going to do things to enhance movement or enhance power or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like there's still, there's still, you know, it's still all motion capture. It's still choreographed really well. I I did have a feeling, like, midway through the story mode where I was like, because MK11, like, I feel like it was heavy on the fight choreography. Like, definitely. The amount of stuff the characters were doing was, like, Something's just ridiculous, but it looked really cool. I feel like it's been toned down a bit in MK1, but in a more realistic fashion, kind of. Hmm. Like, the fights aren't as super flashy as they were in MK11. And admittedly, that's what I loved about the cutscenes, that they were so flashy and so crisp and everything. It looked like I was watching like a Hong Kong movie. Right. This one, it still has that, but it's toned down a bit, but 
what they're doing in the fights feel a little more realistic uh, and more grounded and more character focused. Like every, not everybody, how do I say this? Everybody has a different style of fighting and that translates to how they interact with each other and that translates to how fast or slow the fight is. Like, I can think of stuff like, I mean, are we going to spoilers now or what? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, which, uh, for people listening, I guess this is your territory to, not that you probably haven't already watched the fucking uh, IGN whole story mode or played the story mode yourself. Or every other one's like, yeah, Mortal Kombat, Fire and Ice, and all those other or, or heard a spoiler on a message board. You probably fucking know and don't care about spoilers now. But yeah, just in case you do, from here, from here on, for maybe the next hour, we're gonna get into spoiler territory. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I uh, like when I think of fights like uh, when Scorpion and Sub Zero encounter Quan Chi and Shang Tsung for the first time, and you see Scorpion versus like uh, Shang Tsung. And their fight styles are very different, but you can see the style in all of it. And I feel like you you saw a little bit of that in MK11's aftermath with that Shang Tsung too. Hmm. Uh, there's certain certain matchups that have certain fight styles that stand out more than others. Uh, but I feel like they're still all really well done. I think it's just it's just uh, they they refined it in a way to make it fit the aesthetic and the mood and the characters. Whereas in MK11. Everybody was doing the most craziest kung fu shit. Hmm. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Cat, whether it's Cassie or you know Sonia or Johnny Cage or Liu Kang, like everybody was doing some crazy shit, and it looked great. But I feel like this one is a little bit more focused on how the characters would actually fight. Hmm. That makes me almost want to go back and play through story mode again or watch it again. It's pretty good, especially like the Scorpion Sub Zero stuff is really good, and the Kenshi stuff too. My favorite story uh, section was uh, chapter uh, Act Two. Uh, with, yeah, Act oh, Two, yeah. Act Two was Act my favorite was as well. Good. Yeah, RPG Party. That's I like Act One too. I like the setup. One it was, was a great slow burn, but I loved it. Yeah, I love One. It was a slow burn. You get kind of a mini tournament, which you know uh, some people complained like, "Oh man, they just had a tournament in Sindel's backyard, and then and then it's over." But I'm okay with that because it's not Mortal Kombat. It's Liu Kang's new vision. It's a friendly tournament. It's a friendly little tournament to keep relations between Outworld and Earth. You know, kind of on, on yeah, good terms. I think my only my only complaint was that I wish because when he she, he was about to fight Shang, uh, Shao Kahn, uh, Sindel talked about how yes. he fought like three other people. Yeah, specifically Kotal, Kotal Khan, or just Kotal, Motaro, and Shiva. Like what the fuck? And I was like, I would have, I would love to at least see like a montage. Like this fucking like, farmer, you know. Granted, he's trained all his life, and he he trounces human characters. He fights Lee Mei and uh 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 Reiko, and then you just mm-hmm. brush aside the oh yeah, and he defeated this fucking centaur and formed my. <laughs> I want to see that fight. How the fuck do you do that? I would. Le- even even if it was just like a montage, like an MK MK nine or MK ninety five with the Goro like yeah. the crap out of it, boom boom boom. Like I I would at least wanted to see what they looked like in this world. Yeah, because it's like well, you know, I I believe. And here's my one criticism too. Like one, there's so many characters you have to pull away because after chap after act chapter act one, Raiden kind of 
get takes a back seat until you know m- a couple moments of the very final act. But uh, I was buying his yeah, his character growth, even though I will admit I'm going to throw my first criticism character wise. Uh, but but disclaimer, I I love the story at least until the final act of MK1. I love it way more than Eleven. I want more of what they did in the first part of it than they did in the latter. But Raiden, for, for a fair criticism, I want to say, even though I, he's a likable character, you said like you like how he's so pure. He's just a good boy. Uh, and we could talk about mm-hmm. how he gets his powers, too. I kind of actually like it, even though it's similar to Arcana. Um, it solves a problem I was pondering episodes back. Yeah. But am I the only one thinking that Raiden maybe is a little bit of a Marty Stu? A who? A Marty Stu, the, the, the male version of a Mary Sue. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain? Because, like, you know, well, people accuse, like, Ray Scott, Ray Skywalker, Ray, Ray from, you know, of being a Mary Sue. Well, and some people are like, you're only saying that because she's a woman. Look at fucking Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And it's like, yeah, he's a fucking total Marty Stew. But it's like, Raiden kind of is, because, like, okay, he does train. We we have established he's been training since he was a child under the tutelage of Madame Bo. But... It just seems he gets like shit handed to him so easily. He he beats Kung Lao, you know, and Liu Kang's test and becomes the champion to represent Earthrealm. And then he just goes and just fucking jobs all these fucking outworld fools. And then yeah, we have a hand brush aside that he he somehow beat a uh, Motaro and Shiva when we have no example of him but, fighting monsters yet. But isn't that what isn't that what Liu Kang did? In the previous timeline? Yeah, I mean, well, guess what? You know, Liu Kang is probably Marty Stu, too. Because back then, it was just a fucking video game story. But now we're trying to get a little bit more fleshed out. No, it hasn't. I mean, we've had, like, two reboots. <laughs> like, I feel like MK9 was the same thing. Back back in 1992, all we needed was a splash screen and an emotional thing to make us want to play this character. And it doesn't have to be what well written. What about MK9? MK9, uh, well... I didn't like Liu Kang's characterization up until now. Uh, I, I mean, back in the day, yeah, I didn't like his Nether Realm portrayal until he became a Fire God Liu Kang. <clears throat> I love Liu Kang in this mm. game, um, but yeah, he's different because he gets killed in nine. <laughs> he's supposed to be the Marty Stu chosen one, and Raiden's like, "No, you don't understand. You have to die." <laughs> so, <laughs> so everything can work out. <clears throat> um, but I don't know. It's like I do like young Raiden. He is a wholesome character and I love his banter of Kung Lao. But it felt like his progression for Act 1 was a little bit Marty Stewish. Marty Stu- Mary Stewish. Well, I mean, it makes sense because Raiden is complete role reversal from what Liu Kang is. It's 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 the Liu Kang-Raiden dynamic except reverse. I mean, yeah. it's down to a T. So maybe that's it. Maybe because I didn't like the Netherrealm portrayal of Liu Kang in 9 and 10. Uh, an eleven. This is what Raiden is now. He's he's the goodest boy hero. Uh, maybe that's yeah, why. Na- like, and now we can't have Liu Kang and Kung Lao being bros. It's Raiden and Kung Lao being bros now. So there's there's your new there's your new bro dynamic. You cut out a little bit. You can't have. No, I think I. You can't have a bro dynamic of Liu Kang and Kung Lao, but we have Kung Lao and Raiden. Yeah, and they're kind of but bros. What I will argue is that the best bros. Oh. Is Kenshi a Johnny Cage? Well, no one's gonna Actually, argue that. Yeah. It's just accepted, dude. Dude, I almost got 
I almost got emotional. I, I did too, dude. When when Johnny Cage finally hands him Sento, which why is he carrying uh, Sento with him? Got teary. I I literally said out loud, "I'm gonna cry." Yeah, <laughs> dude. Now, granted, I might just be falling for just a easy writing trick, because but it it worked. They're the two most unlikeliest of bros. It like it made it like it made a lot of sense, and as a Johnny Cage main, I was. Uh, I was happy about that because Johnny Cage, you have to understand that like Johnny Cage is sort of like this like arrogant kind of like comedy relief person. He's also, I guess, in his own way, rich. So they could have easily wrote him to where he's just buying this stuff just because he thinks it looks cool. And Kenshi just happens to go there because he Johnny Cage just happens to have the sword that he needs. But no, Johnny Cage actually knew what he bought, knew the history behind it. Because he's and a actually. Yeah, but he, but it's just the fact that like Johnny Cage, you know, came with receipts when Kenshi tried to ask him, <laughs> does he actually know about that sword? And I was actually impressed that Johnny Cage came with receipts. It's like, no, he actually knows what he's doing. That's a good. And, that's a good phrase, Jay. He came with receipts because yeah, he's not just a fool. He he's he's into this shit. Yeah, and I just found that kind of cool that they. It's the one thing he's passionate about is that sword. Yeah, yeah. definitely not passionate well, he, about the relationship of his wife. <laughs> Yeah, obviously not. God damn. Um, Boy, that gave me flashbacks to my parents. Just like, why'd you buy this shit? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Holy shit. But, but, I, but I did like it. And yeah, that moment to where like uh, Kenshi saves Johnny Cage's life and Johnny Cage is like, here, this sword belongs to you because you saved my life. It's yours. I was like, thank you, Johnny. You're actually being a good person. <laughs> Kenshi, like, after, after losing his sight, you know, only being able to rely on voice, he, he just kind of touches Johnny's shoulder, Johnny's shoulder, and says, "You know, man, tell the whole world we're bros." And Johnny leans into Kenshi's ear and just whispers, "We're bros." And he's like, "He's like, why'd you whis- <laughs> why'd you whisper into my ear, bro?" And he's like, "Cause you're in my whole world, bro, <laughs> bro, <laughs> bro." <laughs> So uh, basically to kind of pivot to who I think is maybe not the best bro couple, but just like straight up just bro VIP of the year for this game is freaking Baraka. Dude. Man. I love what they did with him. He is a bro. I really did. Yeah, he's a total bro. He had no reason he, to help these bro. fools, but bro, yeah, man, he's just all. like, I will, I will aid you. He's just like, hey, man. Also, the fool was rich in the... Before he became gut disease, it didn't yeah. say rich. Well, I guess he was rich because he said his family was comfortable. He was a merchant. I've heard a, a a fan theory that he is the merchant that confronts Shang Tsung in the opening. I, you know, I, there's nothing to indicate that. But you mean Batista? Is that Batista? Because I heard that yeah, theory too. Is that really? I heard theories about that, but it, it didn't sound it, like him. Is that him? No, it is. Are you kidding? It does yeah. sound like him. If you look, if you. Yeah, that's that's Batista. No shit, really? I'm pretty sure. I've I've someone ask him. I've listened. I've listened to it like two, three times, and yeah, that's that's his voice. Holy shit, that's awesome. Well, he's. I'm gonna double check on on online, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, fact good. check that shit. But because uh, I I had heard rumblings about that, but I assumed it was just like silly fancy. I didn't realize it could could really be on IMDb. All right. Hopefully that's accurate. I mean, he's going to come up because yeah. of commercial, but that's awesome. But yeah, Baraka. No, but they, they yeah. Baraka's a bro and a half, man. Uh, yeah, he 
He leads he leads them to Shang Tsung's like secret laboratory. Once it gets captured, he literally saves everybody after they get thrown in cages or whatever, and actively helps like reptile, you know, actually like escape as well as like the rest of the crew, and then just decides like, all right, guys, I'm done, and decides just to remain with his people after he guides everybody to where they need to go and just no animosity, no betrayal, no miscommunication, just, you know, just Bracca just doing what cool people should do. And I'm just like, you know what? That goes a long way for me. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it's like, we've been saying Baraka's a good guy now. (laughs) Yeah. And the only reason to say that because in 11, he was explicitly, you know, not evil, just caring for his own people. And but here they explicitly gave him a very you know tragic backstory and a, a chill personality and yeah Baraka's awesome and speaks. yeah and he's making the, and he's making the most out of it like he says that like this disease basically won't kill him so he suffers in pain every yeah, day but he's still kind of a good person you know despite all that which I think is very that hurts so much yeah because it's supposed to kill him it killed his wife and his his child but he's like it's almost like the disease is taunting me and keeping me alive and it's like damn man you got a rough road. Yeah. Yeah, but uh and then also and also in contrast to that, I really love the way that they did Reptile. Like he's oh, yeah. probably I, I think like between as far I think Reptile, at least in my opinion, uh Josh, you can counter this if you want, but I think Reptile has gone through what I consider to be one of the greatest character changes from the previous reality under Raiden, because he was always a minion of um, about world or a minion of Shao Kahn who, you know, slowly devolved from a human form into a lizard form over time and kind of was given the added lore that he was fighting mainly to protect his people. And he just kind of sides with Shao Kahn because that's where he thinks where he needs to be kind of thing but there was like a tragedy to him not really a loyalty to him but in this story he's kind of become like someone who was trying to protect his wife and kids from Shang Tsung actually killing them only to find out that he killed them anyway and then you know is one of the few I forget Josh what's the name of his race in MK1 uh hmm, I don't know uh the rap they didn't call Z no, his name is Zizoth. That's his name. His, yeah, that, yeah. His race, but I, they've been called raptors in outside media. I don't know if they have a canon name in lore, in, in the game lore. Yeah. But, 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 I li- but I like the fact that like he also can shift from reptile form into human form, but he but he's very unique and he and actually Shang Tsung learned his shape shifting abilities I, from I reptile. love that so much. I just want to say like yeah. when when I was talking about reptile previously, I was like, his character seems so much different. It didn't seem like old reptile, but here they referenced his old role because he still is a lackey of Shang Tsung. His whole thing was he was Shang Tsung's right hand man. And here he is, but not by choice. And I think it's so great. And we got so used to the shape-shifting thing from the trailers and accepted it. And then they reveal that that's how Shang Tsung learned how to shape-shift. I'm like, that's dope. I love that. Yeah. But Josh, just to add some extra lore, because one thing I did is that I played the tower with Reptile. Oh, yeah. What happens in that? Yeah. Yeah. And I beat it. And it kind of continues his story a little bit, but it opens up a whole different world for him. Because after the whole, you know, story mode or whatever, 
reptile gets named emissary to his race of people by Sindel. Oh. And he, so he becomes an emissary. It's like, okay, cool. Does that mean so his people kind back. of halfway accept him? Yeah, he goes back to many smiling faces, but he reptile well, finds smiling that as you can smile of a reptile face like that. Yeah, yeah, but dude, reptile finds a conspiracy afoot, which will probably lead into the next game, where he finds out that his ability to shape shift is not just unique to him; it's actually pretty common to a lot of his race. But their his own race's government is actively hunting the people that shape shift down oh, and shit. killing them for and killing them for some reason. He found this like whole government conspiracy when he was just chilling like as an emissary in his homeland. And now his new mission is to find out why his own government is killing his own people. Damn. Like he's trying to figure that out. So that's like that like opens up a whole new can of worms for him. That's cool as shit. Yeah, that's really also cool. feels so, if you talked about like Baraka's Tarkat, is that him not shaking hands? Is that a reference to COVID? That almost feels a reference to just shady, shady shit in our, you know, social structure. Maybe ostracizing yeah. certain groups of people. I feel that's probably pulled from real life, but that is neato. I yeah, like that. yeah, that's yeah, that's neat. And I just thought that was just kind of interesting that they would put this much thought into a whole different, like entirely different character arc, you know, for reptile. And also, you know, since we were talking about Kenji, uh, Kenji just being like, you know, total bro. Kenji had a bro moment with reptile too, which I thought was kind of neat. Cause oh, when reptile it. was kind of like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was subtle, but when reptile was cornered, when he was doing his whole spy thing on rooftops or whatever, uh, and everybody was trying to get away, Ken, uh, Kenshi was actually the one that decided, no, I'm going to go help Reptile, which is why he's a cameo fighter when you're actually playing as Reptile nice. for a couple of fights. I will confess that even though Act 2 is my favorite, I forgot why they were even infiltrating the the parade or whatever. What happened in that fucking portion? No, they were trying to escape. Yeah, they were trying to escape. Because they were walking they, along yeah, they, Quan Chi like he was weak in the Bernies, right? He was knocked out. And, yeah. and Reptile was doing his Assassin's they Creed to thing. Get, they needed to get him to... Uh, they couldn't get... I think it's because they couldn't get Shang Tsung. So they got... They were able to get Quan Chi. And he was going to, you know, tell them where... You know, what Shang Tsung was up to or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Or who the benefactor well, what, well, is. And they, so had they to, wanted to get him back. But then they had to go through the festival. So they weren't yeah, trying but, to confront Katana, Melina, and, and Shao and all them. They just... Yeah, yeah they were. No, they were trying to get out. Yeah, okay. and Reptile and Reptile's mission was to create a distraction without being seen. Oh, that's right. He's invisible. Because he can do that predator shit, as Johnny Cage says. So they got out of there with shot. Well, it ended up not turning out well because Quan Chi went and did his own Quan Chi shit anyway. I can't remember. That doesn't bode well for the story that I can't remember because I love Act 2, but I think that's a point where, like, fuck, now I forget already. Because Act 3 went into Scorpion and Sub-Zero, of course. Well, the first time we saw Quan Chi is when he was... Uh, when they were uh, trying to infiltrate uh, Shang Tsung's like, upper laboratory where Melina was. Yeah. And then he comes out. Then after that, he's he's going to, to the Soul Stealer thing to try and create Ermac, basically. Yeah. Which, is it... Slight, not story-related comment. Is it bullshit that... Ermac and Quan Chi are essential to the story, and they're they're locked behind DLC. They're DLC. Yeah, 
Yeah, it is bullshit. Is bullshit. Yeah, I, think, I thought that's weird because Quan Chi is a is just as much of a part of the story as Shang Tsung is. Maybe a little bit less than Shang Tsung, but he's basically Shang I mean, it's Tsung's the Deadly partner. Alliance. Yeah, the Deadly yeah, Alliance. It's the, it, yeah, it's the Deadly Alliance. He's Shang Tsung's partner in crime, but he's not a playable yeah. character. He's a cameo, even. <laughs> Uh, which we know he's not going to be a cameo when we can buy him. He's going to be a full character, but just like, and you know, he's got his full move set. I thought Air Mac. He's got his recognizable moves from Ultimate Three. Just feels like kind of, kind of, kind of shady that they're locked behind DLC. Uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to buy them, but you know, do we want to do highlights of the story or just? Can I guess this is a. Uh, do you want to continue like how we're doing now, or do you want to go through the story? I don't mind doing highlights of the story, but I basically already did like a few. Yeah, I don't think already. we need to go blow by blow. I don't think we need to go blow by blow. Okay, uh, okay. We could just do our highlights, okay. which we already kind of highlighted okay, okay. Acts 1 and 2. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, but I definitely got I was more. Just sure just, yeah, I, definitely, I was making sure before we moved on. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely got back more highlights, it, back, though. Yeah. Back to it. Uh, did you? Because Josh, you mentioned, you know, uh, doing the tower. No, no. Jay, you mentioned doing the tower for a reptile to get you know his ending. Did anybody else do? Yeah, get any ending? I did a scorp. I did scorpion one, of course. Of course, of course, I had to do scorpion. And uh, his is interesting. One, um, the the identity of Hanzo is revealed in someone else's ladder, and I don't know who. This is just something I found out. Hanzo does exist in this timeline, but he's a kid. Uh, he's going to be trained by Quilang, uh, which I, I I like that we. We were all talking about, like, I was telling you about the rumor that Kwai Lang is Scorpion now, and you didn't hear about that, but the game does not pussyfoot around on that. They say right out the gate, Kwai Lang. It's like, oh, goddamn, okay. But, uh, no, uh, Scorpion, Kwai Lang's ending is that, <coughs> uh, Bihan is on the hunt for him now, and he's, and so Kwai Lang is on the run, and he runs to Japan. And in Japan, he encounters, a very mystifying woman, uh, a very strong-willed woman that runs her old, her own small clan. And uh, shit, I forget the name, but it's Scorpion's wife's name, Harumi, whatever his canonical wife's name is, because they mention it in the yeah. movie. It's Scorpion's wife, as we've previously known her, leading her own clan, and she's a badass. And Kwai Lang falls in love with her, and they join forces, and they form the Shiaru. Which is cool, oh, and now cool. and now Sub Zero Bihan is going to be their mortal enemy, so it's 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 the alternate reforming of their their. Uh, so is rivalry. Wait, so Hanzo is a random kid, or is yeah, I don't know whose ending it is. It might be Smokes uh, or someone else's, but the Hanzo is. I don't know why they can just change ages in this timeline. Uh, change who's older and who's not. It's a new timeline. I know, but that means like Hanzo was like sitting on the bench until 2002. Okay. Now go. Now you're born. But yeah, he's a kid. And apparently like, yeah, uh, he ends up in the, I don't know if he's a waif or like a drifter or something like that, but he's going to come under the tutelage of Kwai Lang and he's going to train Hanzo. Yeah. I, um, I of course did the tower for Johnny and hit and his, his ending is really not anything too, too much to write home about. Um, he basically decides to, of course, make a movie, but in a bit of a twist that he's never done before, 
he actually has a, a food for thought after after the adventure and says, like, you know what? It's time for someone younger and prettier to actually play the role of me in this movie. But he does commit to being the writer, director, and the producer of the movie. So he actually decides to be behind the scenes of the movie he's making and actually control it rather than just starring in it. <laughs> so, and of course, he tries to get, like, all the actual, like, you know, uh, characters to actually play their roles and everything, which... Funny aside, since we're talking about highlights, I'm just really curious about this. At the end of Act 4, when you get to pick, like, you know, your final fighter or whatever, do you get a different ending depending on who you pick, or is it the same ending? I don't think you get a different ending, but you do get little, small, extra uh, cutscenes. Well, I'm curious, because I picked Johnny, I I beat that final, like, you know run up the stairwell of doom from Armageddon Tower. You know, I beat I beat Shang Tsung and every Yeah, I beat Shang Tsung and everything. And then immediately it went to, you know, Johnny, uh Kung Lao, Raiden, and Kenshi just sitting in Madame Bo's place and they just talk about everything. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. So if I would have chose like Baraka, this would have been the same exact ending. That's the ending I got too. And of course I picked Scorpion. And he wasn't at Madame Bo's. Okay. Yeah, I got that. I got that with Kung Lao. So. Okay. But there, okay. There's small. So guess, there's small little scenes, which interestingly, in the Switch version, I noticed like all the little small scenes that happen after you pick your character and you're fighting through the 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 on, onslaught of stupidity that is the final act. Um, uh, is the they're all game rendered? They're not pre-rendered. Uh, I don't know if that means anything, but yeah, I think it's just like depending on who you pick, you get small, little, subtle cutscenes in between the fights. Nothing major. Which I have to just gush for one quick second. I don't know if it was different for you guys, but man, when I chose Johnny Cage, the first random battle of the what I call combiner characters running up that stairwell, the very first one was Johnny Khan. It was a combination of Johnny Cage and Shao Kahn, and he literally shadow kicked his way into the arena and said, "I'm a megastar." Damn! And then starts and then Khan's starts voice. fighting you, and Shao Kahn's voice, and, and and like, and I died laughing. I almost lost to him because I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I want, I want Johnny Khan. I want to play the crap out of that kid. I don't even that remember who I fought. <laughs> I don't remember a Johnny Khan, but I don't also remember who I thought because I think the whole idea of the the combining characters, I think is fucking stupid. Um, oh, it's stupid, but it was fun. Like not even stupid in a yeah, good it was, way. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a amusing stupid. It was amusing stupid, and I almost want to think that they're gonna potentially open that up as a mechanic, like maybe with the next story of DLC, and let you do like Persona, Shimagama Tensei, Demon Fusion with your favorite characters. But I just think it's like maybe as a gameplay aspect that could be interesting if they do make that a thing. But I just think it's overall stupid. Like oh, the the final shot you see. Quan Chi with Sub Zero's mask. See Katana Tanya. Eh, this is stupid. I hate it. I hate it. I I I will say that like one of my like one of my favorite highlights <laughs> um, among many that they did character wise is I really kind of love Shang Tsung in this game mm-hmm. mostly just because. Dude. 
no, no matter what happens with this man, no matter how evil or how diabolical, this man has that has these most insane shit-eating grin throughout the entire <laughs> story mode. No matter what happens to him, and that's Absolutely. why, and that's why I'm like, it's like he has the shit-eating grin so much that I found it just amusing. Oh no, he was and, so great. Yeah, and to the point to where like. You know, Shang Tsung has a shit-eating grin no matter what timeline he's in, just messing with other people's timelines. Liu Kang is overconfident for no reason. He can't just, like, be worried. He's just overconfident. And these two these two fools have been fighting each other across realities for Lord knows how many years now. And I'm just like, guys, like, can you just, like, I don't know, paper, rock, scissors, play some checkers, some chess, something. Or have a nice dinner like happens in the Mortal Kombat Legacy Season 2 where they literally sit down in a nice restaurant. Yeah. And they they talk about... And then, like, talk it out. And they talk talk about past timelines in that episode, too. Um, uh, It makes me wonder if they pulled from that for inspiration for for this or multiple Shang Tsung's. Uh, I got... Yeah, because... Good. because Because I thought it was... I mean, the twist, I thought, like, like the twist in the story where, like, what, who you think is Kronika is actually, like, is actually Shang Tsung. I didn't mind it too much. I thought it was a bit predictable in a bad way, but I was like, okay. But what I did love is that apparently when Liu Kang and Shang Tsung fought each other at the end of Eleven, they technically both won. There was a timeline where well, Shang Tsung we won talked about, you and c- one where Liu Kang won. It's almost like they were planning that ahead of time. You could pick Shang Tsung or pick Liu Kang. I remember we were talking about Shang Tsung's yeah. ending, and I never saw it, so I had to go back and pick Shang Tsung. And that's canon yeah. now. There are two endings. And not only two endings, there's over 30 endings, because every ending is canon now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought that was amusing that they technically made both of those endings canon. So, it, so Josh, it is canon that at one point in time, you had a 50-foot-tall Shang Tsung yes, it is. At, the end of, at the end of Mortal Kombat 11, just ruling over all the realms. And I'm just like, that's kind of cool that they actually thought that far ahead. That was neat. There's two things about Shang Tsung uh, that come to mind. One is, we, well, we were talking about his appearance in the very first trailer. And I was surprised it wasn't Kerry Tagawa. And you see, it's like, well, no, it's good to have this guy do his own thing. And he did his own thing pretty good, except that he does the best Kerry Tagawa impression that I almost Dude, I almost thought was, it was him. Yeah. And that makes... There were multiple points where I was like, is that just like... Is that just Kerry Tagawa, like, you know, I don't know, auto engineer, audio engineer AI. to sound younger? Or like... Yeah, AI or something like that, but no, the actor who played Shang Tsung did an amazing job sounding like a younger character. Yeah, like I, I watched and, the first, but also like, no good. He had his own inflections and stuff, and at the same time, and yeah, you could hear him smiling <laughs> in the voiceovers. Is great. That's what made me wonder. It's like, cause like, well, also I watched the first ten minutes back before the game came out, and that's the first thing. That's the first thought I had in his opening scene where he's being the snake oil salesman. I'm like, oh, maybe they just have yeah. Shang Tsung for when he's old in the opening. But it turns out that's not the case. But it makes me sad. It's like, well, maybe he didn't get to do his own thing. Why has he got to try to sound like Kerry Tagawa? But you go ahead and say he does kind of have his own inflections. It's like, maybe he, it bit. would have been great if he, he'd done something completely different. But I can't fault his performance in general. Because if there's someone that's going to sell me slime, it's that man. Uh, he, he sold it. Yeah. The other thing that I just am tickled by, because I love when villains turncoat, is 
Shang Tsung and Quan Chi fighting along with the good guys because oh, the, I got I got hoodwinked by myself. <laughs> uh, and so they're just like it's just so funny to see them all talking strategy and Quan Chi is standing back there being like give me the money and you know he's a good guy <laughs> but and, and and you know Shang Tsung steps up to Liu Kang and kind of like he's waving his hand kind of propping his elbow in his hand and going like oh well maybe you know, he's being Shang Tsung but he's like trying to help but it yeah. makes me like just kind of shake my head and being like they're all accepting of, well, they're not accepting. Liu Kang is still like, I fucking hate that you're on my team, dude. But they're, 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 they're riding with it, right? That, okay, for the time being, Shang Tsung is on our side. Never mind the fact that you've committed however many ungodful, unlo- you know, awful crimes against humanity with your fucking secret laboratory where that guy, the fucking blob guy in the background that has just a head growing out of a blob of flesh that Sindel comes down and sees and she's so horrified. He's still down there. (laughs) They're up there fighting for the good of humanity, but Shang Tsung's still responsible for the suffering and torture of however many people. And that guy, that guy is still down there (laughs) waiting to be put out of his misery. (laughs) Anytime now, Sindel's going to send someone down to, to, to end me, right? Everything hurts. Anytime. But no. All I feel is pain. All I feel is pain. But no. Uh, otherwise, no. I, I, Shang Tsung is great. Not so not so cool about him being the ultimate final villain, which I guess we should have seen coming. It was kind of spelled out in the trailer for us. What it was gonna be. But I was hoping that it was going to be, you know, my prediction was Shang Tsung was going to awaken a bigger bad like Onaga, which they exceedingly teased because they had his fucking army, right? But yeah, oh dude, yeah, I thought I thought Onaga was gonna be the the villain at the end, like when like when the ground was rumbling at the end of Act Four after Shang Tsung was defeated. I'm like, up, oh, we're gonna fight Onaga, I bet, and then it just didn't happen. I'm like, oh yeah, and he's not even gonna. <laughs> oh, guess guess who? Di- go go go. Sorry. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, tower endings, uh, I did two endings. One of them was Reiko. And apparently in his ending, uh, Shao Kahn, I think, I don't know if it's a new, different timeline or, or what, but he is trying to uh, gain power to take over Outworld. And one of the methods that they want to do is to get a hold of the power of Onaga. Oh. Uh and then Reiko is tasked, uh, well, volunteers to go and battle Onaga. No shit. Do you see that? In his That's kind of cool. Yeah. Which, small aside, I loved Reiko mm. in this game. Like, I don't think I'm going to like him as a player. You said you're kind of teetering towards him. I don't- I'm digging him. I'm still trying to figure out his combos, but I, I like his movement. I'm not a grappler fighter, so he's not for me. But as far as his characterization, I dig him. I love his yeah. voice actor. He's just like, and I love the scene yeah. where he comes out to face Kung Lao and he just does that exhibition. They're just like doing moves in his face. Dude, he's like, yeah. how many wars have you I fought like in? He, I think he had, hmm? Yeah, I feel like he's got like a Muay Thai type of style where it's like more like kickboxing. Yeah. Kind of a thing. It's really cool. Um, Yeah. So yeah, you do see Onaga in that. There's, uh, that's what's interesting about the towers. Like you do get these interesting endings with different people. Like in uh, Kung Lao's ending, not to go off topic. No, uh, I expected to do Kung Lao. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, that was the first one I did. Uh, he actually ends up training Shajinko. Oh, oh, that's cool. But, but because of, uh, I guess because of his ego, well, uh, Kung Lao's ego, he did. He wasn't a proper master to him, which means like even because because he's able to like uh, mimic everybody's power uh, move sets and stuff like that, he starts to get corrupt, and Kung Lao isn't able to stop it because he was very egotistical so i can train him on on my own uh so he gets out of control and then you know kung lao and raiden and lu kang have to fight him and then lu kang basically erases shenjinko's memory and he he starts off as a stretch a fresh uh student again and it basically is it is a whole thing where you know kung lao is humbled by this experience and he asks for Raiden's help to help train Shachinko together wow. so that doesn't happen again. Huh. Yeah. That's wild. That also confirms that yeah. I guess the cameos are, are canon in the story too. Because, you know, seems they're just like seems fun additions like, like Cyrex and Sector. There's no cyber initiative, but I guess Shinjinko is canon in the story then. Wait, so yeah. like they're training him as old man Shinjinko or is he young Shinjinko? No, I think he's okay. young. Yeah, interesting though. Uh, speaking of Kung mm. Lao too, I love Kung Lao has had like several different characterizations. A- a- as we talked about, in, like MK two, and especially the comics, he seems more like the mysterious drifter, and he's more badass than yeah. Liu Kang. But like for some reason, he's not the chosen one. And in the Nether Realm games, they kind of made him Liu Kang's snarky rival, like he's jealous of Liu Kang and stuff like that. And they keep rolling with that. The 2021 movie, I think, was the most pitch-perfect characterization of Kung Lao ever, in my opinion. Max Wong was so fucking yeah. cool. His character, he, he was better than Liu Kang. He was who Liu Kang looked up to, but he was just so fucking effortlessly cool. He's so fucking cool. Here, right. he's kind of the shit heel that he was in 9, 10, uh, 11. But I love it because, like, small details. So, they go into Madame Bo's, right? First thing Raiden does, takes off his hat. Kung Lao leaves his hat on. I didn't even notice I noticed that, that detail. Hey, you never see him with his hat Right, on. I noticed that detail right away. Yeah. He has no manners. And as is illustrated later at the great banquet at Outworld, where like it pans over and even Shao Kahn's <laughs> offended by this guy because he's just fucking burping. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And he oh, still man. has his hat on. You're not supposed to fucking eat, have your yeah. hat on at the dinner table, kids. Don't fucking wear your trilby, I, your I, fedora, because you think it looks cool. Inside, you look like a fucking idiot. Take your hat off. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what the thing that I loved was like when, in I mean, this was, I guess this was also shown in that preview, whatever. But when he, you know, has a straw hat and he throws it. Oh god, it I love that shit so much. Bonk. And then he gets the little circular blade thing, throws it, and it works. And then at the end of the fight, he looks at his hat. It's like hmm. hmm. And then, like, the, the, when you see them at the Wuxi Academy, he basically made the most tricked-out, like, sharp-edged version of the hat that you've ever seen. And he immediately cuts himself. Yeah. Just well, I mean, a small little nick. He, when, threw, he did a good throw and catch, though, better than I would have done. He did a good throw, but I just... But, I mean, that's one thing that everybody talks about, and I've always, like, has he ever cut himself? Well, there you go. You know, learning how to use that thing. So you see it, and he's like, oh, yeah, he, he kind of does. But then when he, you know, when they go into the mission to go to Outworld and they have those like, you know, 
whatever those costumes are. Yeah, those like those costumes were, which I thought were pretty cool. His hat is more normal, like normal circular. Oh, hat. I didn't catch that. Not a lot of edges. Uh, so he had a, a a second hat made. I feel like that was a prototype, okay. the, the one that he got at the Wuxi Academy. Well, well, this is something we should touch on too. Is uh, before we wrap up the story or complain about the the third act is the the trick they did of all these little tiny origin stories because I loved Kung Lao's. It's yeah. like. You saw his wheels turning once he threw that weapon at Sub Zero. He's like, "Oh!" Hat. And you're pointing. You're doing the yeah. Leo DiCaprio meme. You're like, "Oh, there it is." There, there, there it is. Yeah. And I loved. <laughs> uh, who else is dubbed? I mean, Kenshi's is dubbed, but and his is obviously drawn out through two chapters, and it makes sense. There are some I didn't. It makes you cry. I didn't like. Like I was okay. Kwai Lang's getting his scar. That was kind of fun, right? That was. I yeah, that. but you know, I I hate it. I, I did. I, no, uh, good. Go no, no. I talked too much. I was saying, I was saying, I just, I did the the Leo DiCaprio thing. Yeah, when when he gets slapped, D- there's the scar. scar. Sure, sure, sure. The ones I hated yeah. though, Quan uh, Chi getting his pale skin. Yeah, that was weird. It's like that was weird. that was way too fast. Why does that need to be a thing that we found out? Why can't he just be a guy that happens to be pale? He was in the Nether Realm for a while there, working in the mines. Uh, why is that his character defining moment where he loses his uh, skin color? Uh, or um, oh. who was the other one? Uh, God damn it. I can't remember now. His is the Ermac. Ermac kind of. Well, we see how Ermac's made, created. And that's pretty to canon. And I, there, Oh, no. The other one that was stupid. Havoc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was weird too. Like Havoc's supposed to have a meaty face, right? And at the, at the beginning of the story, he looks like a normal oh. dude. Now we haven't played Deception yet, and I played it a long ago, but I didn't play as Havoc. But he, he looks like fucking uh, Two Face. He looks like uh, Two Face from The Dark Knight, and they toned it down a bit because it probably looked too goofy. And I guess he looks like that because he's from the Chaos Realm. They don't really explain that too well, too, where him and Darius both show up, and Darius doesn't even say a goddamn word. But yeah. Um, uh, in chapter three, him and Darius are trying to dunk Scorpion into a bit of lava. And if you do the test your might thing right, which is, I got to say, such right. such an awesome moment when they drop in the test your mites in the middle of the story. Yeah, but man, I died. So I know. I died a couple times. But like, I, I literally cheered. Like, maybe I was under the influence when I was playing this game. Because that's why I was said out, out loud, I'm going to cry when uh, Johnny handed Kenshi his sword. When Bar- no, I felt I felt the tears. I know, out. yeah. But when Baraka was trying to break everyone out, and all of a sudden it, I, I'm getting involved in the story, and it suddenly says "test your might," and I got to pick up the controller. I cheered out loud. I don't want to sound like a oh, simpleton, shit. but I cheered. What's up? No, no, no. I'm saying that I know. Yeah, I said, oh, when shit. that happened to me. I was like, oh, but shit. yeah, it's another test yeah. your might thing with Scorpion, and if you win it, yeah, he dunks Havoc's face in the molten whatever. And that's how he gets his face, which I think is just like, okay, that's... Do we really need an origin story for everyone that's stupid? I actually, like, for a a split second there, I thought before it was a test of your mind, I'm like, oh, so is this how they kill Scorpion? He goes to the Nether Realm, and then Asrith, or Asra, whatever her name is, gets a little story where she goes and pulls Scorpion back up, and he's dead, and this is how we get oh, the dead Scorpion. You know, that, Jay, I would have... That would have been cool. I would have... There, there's so many things I would have done different with the story, especially the end. Jay, I like that idea, because, like, the one thing that bugs me about Scorpion... Okay, gameplay-wise, I'm okay with Scorpion. Is I miss some of his 11 moves. Otherwise, it feels like Scorpion. But story-wise, well, 
It's Kawhi Lang. And, you know, what's Scorpion defining trait? He's fucking angry, and he's just a badass. Kawhi Lang is very honorable. Like, people pointed out, too, in the, in the, in the mansion scene where uh, Liu Kang crashes Johnny Cage's party, which is probably one of the funniest moments when he opens the door. I love that shit. I la- that, another one where I was very vocal. I laughed out loud when he was like, what in the actual fuck? Which... I don't think anyone actually says what in the actual fuck out loud. That's internet speak, but Johnny Cage does apparently. Uh, but when <laughs> Sub-Zero and Johnny Cage have their fight of misunderstanding, <laughs> um, and then Liu Kang finally says enough and splits them up, Scorpion immediately bows because he's fucking God, right? And uh, Bihan just scowls at him. And that was something people pointed out, like the the, the different characteristics between Bihan and, and Kwai Lang. But it also makes me think, like, Kwai Lang is unscorpion as they can be. He's very cool-tempered. He's a good guy. He's honorable. Not that Scorpion wasn't, or Hanzo wasn't. Uh, and he's just not hot-tempered. But somehow he also has fire powers. They're not hell-related now. He just can control fire the same way Bihan could control ice. I don't know if I love it or not. But having, having Ashra resurrect mm. him would as Jay's idea, that would have, that would have been neat. Yeah. I, um, there, there, what, like one character that I kind of feel was at least to me, the worst one, as far as like, that was, you know, that was in the story, but this should come as no surprise to y'all because honestly, she's kind of a worthless character. Yeah. Yeah. Is Natara. (laughs) Um, yeah, she's kind of just there in the story. I mean, well, Megan Fox aside, but I she's mean, just yeah, the Megan there. Fox aside, like her, Havoc, and Darius are just there. They're just like people that are joining up. Of I think it's Darius. Darius, Darius. I don't know. I have to let's research that. <laughs> Darius is a real name. Is it? Okay, mm-hmm. then it's Darius. I'll say that now. Uh, yeah, they're just there. And yeah, obviously, Megan Fox didn't make it any better. Uh, you, you didn't like Ronda Rousey in 11. I didn't have a problem with her. I thought she sounded like Sonya to me. Boy, Megan... She did not do it. She cannot. I don't know. Yeah, she can't. It's, and, and you know what? It's total stunt casting. Like, I could see what they're doing. They're trying to get... But, like, who the fuck cares about Megan Fox now? She hadn't been in Transformers in forever. Uh, she was in Jen's <laughs> Jennifer's body, which actually did look. Pre- Apparently, she's pretty good in too. Like people said, like don't discount Megan Fox. She's actually does a good performance in that movie, and that was one of my. Wa- and they referenced yes, they referenced that they referenced too. Jennifer's body and Conquest in the same line. Was it in the same yeah, line? But, so Natara and Kung Lao, I think it's Kung Lao, face off in that face off loading screen, and Kung Lao asks, "What did you do of Jen's body?" Sounds like immediately a reference to Jennifer's body, where uh, Megan Fox played yes. a succubus. But in Conquest, Great Kung Lao's girlfriend, fiance, what was her name? Jen, and she got killed. Is it a reference? It says, oh, yes, and it wasn't shit. Jennifer. It was specifically Jen, and that's what Kung Lao says in the intro. It's a double reference. That's kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of clever. Wait, so he's the Great Kung Lao? He's not. It's just a, like... Silly reference. Oh, okay. Is a fun I mean, I, we know he's not the great Kung Lao I feel because like Liu Kang references him later. I kind of dig his uh, his personality in the little clash things and the thing. Because like, now he's kind of like a... He's like a mini Johnny Cage a little bit. He, he didn't take anybody Who, seriously. Kung Lao? Whereas like... Yeah. 
a lot of his like mashups, like he's he either says something goofy or something very snarky. Huh. Uh, whereas in like what was it? Was it MKX or MK9 where he's like for the Shaolin? Like, oh, that was nine. Like, yeah, very serious. Yeah, yeah. But this was very different. Like, um, there what? Um, God, what? God, what? Uh, what was I gonna say? There was uh something about Natara that I just also like wanted to mention. I think. Ah, oh, God, my Lily. Ah, oh, man, I just had it in my head, and now I freaking forgot about it. That's was it ga- gameplay wise when, when she attacks Smoke. No, well, I no. That. Well, I, well, I, well. I think I think what I wanted to say was that there's actually yeah okay there was a, there was a lot of characters that I just kind of felt that like of course they're not going to get the most screen time and you kind of saw some of these away like you know like a mile away like Havoc, uh, like Raiko, like Natara, um, even e, um, even Ashra to an extent although she got more screen time and has a little bit more of an interesting story but. One thing I one thing I thought was interesting, even though I kind of understand it, is that not one mention or reference to the Black Dragons or the Special Forces or anybody involved with them in this game period, other than they are cameos. That's it. And I just thought I, I just think that's interesting. There's well, not one single reference to I any think that's of a them. direct response to people being like not liking they called Mortal Kombat eleven G.I. Joe meets Mortal Kombat. They're sick of it. But yeah. it also makes me wonder. It's like, yeah, it's refreshing. It's refreshing, moment. yeah. And yeah. I love the story. Like I said, Act Two, best act because it's these more Shaolin yeah, characters. Everything. I love how they redesigned Outworld to be just a beautiful, right? luscious place. Yeah, I thought that was and cool then, too. And then you have you know Sindel being like you know a, a good monarch, and then you know. You got Katana and Melina, and you got the whole thing with, you know, uh, Lee May. Oh, I love that uh, whole backstory. Her task. Except that, we never... That whole thing with... Lee we Ma- never found out who killed Jared. He said, he's like, it wasn't me, it wasn't Lee May's fault, and then he got cut off because battle started again, but he never said how he died. But this, the, the only thing we know is that it happened on her yeah, watch. And that's, that's why... Uh, that's why Sindel was upset with her, and the other two sisters, too. But... Yeah, we don't know. Like you think happened. it was like obviously it was Shang Tsung or Shao Kong or Shao General Shao, but I don't think so. It might have been an accident. <laughs> like like a wait. So Ermac is a playable character in the DLC. Yeah, right? or in the whenever the combat pack comes out, he's going to be in it. Yeah. Well, I wonder if if we play as either Sindel, Shao Kahn, or uh, Ermac in the towers, if we get. Some you probably will. Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Well, I mean, I, you you can do yeah, Sindel or Shao now, but yeah, yeah, you know, or the or the 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 twins. You could uh, or Katana, Katana Melina. Or, yeah, yeah. they're probably saving it for when Air Mac comes out. Or hell, Lee May. Or Lee, yeah. What if well, we, apparently, I, from I don't know what Lee May's ending is, but I've been seeing a meme spreading around of her looking like an exasperated student, like just like on her elbows over a book. And it has something to do with her going back to her old job. Uh, and a similar one of Reptile. People have been making memes of it. There's a meme of Reptile looking at a book and being like, oh my god! And people have been memeing the fuck out of it. And I think, yeah, Lee May's ending has something to do with her quitting the the guard and going back to whatever her life was, which must have been clerical. And she doesn't like it. But, you know, people being mm-hmm. like, what is, she, what is she reading? But yeah, they're they're totally saving that for when Air Mac comes out. I guarantee it. Because, I mean... 
when we see uh, Jared start to come out of Ermac first, he's like, she says, Sindel, I will find you. Yeah. Or something like that, right? Yeah. And then we get the whole family reunion later in, like, was it Act 3? Yeah, mm-hmm. end of Act 3. Yeah. Right. And he grows eyebrows, which by small, the way. Which, small aside, I do find it funny that Jared came back to life because Melina punched <laughs> him back into existence. <laughs> Through the power of punching. Much, yeah. Yeah, she literally punched him back into existence. I'm like, okay, I don't know why Melina it's, has it's, to do it's it. It's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I like, Sindel was awesome. Oh, yeah, she was like, great. I loved how commanding and, like, authoritarian she was. As much as... How she would stare down... Chuck oh, right, yeah, she just fucking... I mean, she's, she's his ruler, right? He has to listen to her. Because, yeah. like, some people are complaining, like, oh, man, I loved... Well, back when it happened, people were complaining that they retconned Sindel, but we all came to love cartoony, evil Sindel. Honestly, I still love the fuck out of her because it's just, she loves being evil, man. But this is great because, yeah, she's very, she's real. She's very, and, you know, she's not just blinding, like, effortlessly good. She's struggling dealing with her daughters and stuff like that. They get in arguments and stuff like that. I dig her. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I do, I do want to mention. I do want to give like a small shout out to General Shao in this series because, I, like, he didn't have like the biggest role, and I don't think he's like radically different from what Shao Kahn used to be. But I still love him anyway because he, like, I, I, I described him to Josh that he's just like the bulliest of the bulliest jocks in high school that you ever knew who just wants he he just constantly chooses violence with everything and he just loves doing it he's like a total he's like he's like the worst kind of football bro and i kind of love him for it (laughs) he like all he wants to do is just do things his way and doesn't give a crap and is constantly just angry at everybody he's just a big old grump and i kind of love general shao for that and i love his voice actor who like that voice actor for you know, for Shao Kahn, General Shao, just he personifies how I feel like Shao Kahn should sound for like ever. And I love him anyway. I just love his... <laughs> this is why this is why I'm going to main him. I like I'm maining him because I just love his personality. Oh, I love his his voice is good, too, which I do think is the same. Someone can Google it if you want to. Uh, the same voice actor is from Eleven. But I, I love his yeah. character role in the story just because he just, like I said, acts one, one and two so centered around outworld politics and just the dealings of outworld and just seeing him as an antagonist that like specifically when they're at the lab and they're fucking up around here because they thought they were saving Melina, but they weren't. And then general Shao comes in and sees and confirms in his eyes that the earth realmers are up to no good. It just, and then later when he's patrolling the, 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 the parade and stuff of Reiko, I just love that shit. I loved his role as just like a threatening, he wants to do good. He's like a misguided, power-hungry guy. He wants to be ruler. Like when when Shang Tsung or, or someone says, like, what, would you be ruler? And you could see him puff up and pretend to be uh, fucking, you know, uh, humbled. But he's like, if my realm demands it, it's like, you know, he wants he wants it. He wants it so bad. But oh, yeah. I just like the, the antagonistic force. Like, he's not evil. He's just misguided. I, 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 I dug it. I dug him. Even though I don't like the horns. I don't know if he's not evil. Well, okay. I mean, evil is... He's not evil like Shang Tsung is evil. That's what I mean. Yeah, like... uh, I feel like Shang Tsung is like 
a greedy, chaotic kind of evil, but Shao Kahn is more like a disciplined, structured kind of evil. He 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 ha- he he gives me dark side vibes. Yeah. If you're if you're familiar with that character, just he's evil. His world would not be a pleasant place, but there would be an honor and an order and a structure to it. And that's what I find kind of fascinating about, you know, someone like General Shao, because obviously he, he comes with that military discipline. Yeah. <laughs> and I still love yeah. and I still love how they gave him like a little like a I wish they would have expanded upon it that more, but they gave him that origin story where he was a sickly little boy. Yeah. Sindel brings it up like in that one in, in that yeah. one scene, but it would have been nice to expand it, but yeah. Yeah, where like you actually get a bit more of his new backstory about how maybe he was a sick little boy and how he kind of fought his way to be the like you know ultimate bully football jock bro that he is today. So I mean, like it just it just kind of it just kind of would have been interesting just to see how that goes. But I still enjoyed him, and I and I and I like the fact that he'll definitely play a a, a bigger part in future MK stories. Like he's not they didn't just write him off. Well, like he's obviously a sleeper. So threat. much shit happened in that last act. Did he live? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived. He didn't go Yeah, Shao lived. I mean, based off of uh, Reiko's story, it looks like okay. That last act, man. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let, let's talk. Let's talk about real quick. Like the, uh, I think a lot of people. What I saw when you know the game came out, and I was trying to avoid stuff, but the only thing that I did see was people being like, "Ah, oh, man, more more multiverse bullshit. Come yeah. on, why do we have to have multiple timelines?" And so it felt like people were like upset that you know they resorted to multiple timelines, and that's where the story kind of drip, dips off for a lot of people. Yeah. What do you guys? Yeah. Think? Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of like the same way. The, the, probably my probably like my le- this was at least a, like like from a story point my least favorite thing. And it's an and I think it's an either at the end of Act Three or at the beginning of Act Four. But Act Four is just basically run up the Armageddon stairwell like kind of thing. That's all kind of Act Four it really is. But the but an that was act a fan service kind of thing sure was yeah. But 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 like in Act Three. Liu Kang kind of gets the he gets his timekeeper powers back from Gears, which who uh, is like speaking of bros. Who's, yeah, Gears is absolutely a Gears. total bro. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for him to turn. Right? I was, I was expecting it. I got so confused when Dark Gears shows up on Titan Shang Tsung side, even though we glimpsed him. Yeah, okay. We glimpsed him earlier, but I missed it. So when he comes up to give his report, I was like. Once again, I might have been a little bit inebriated, and I literally said out loud, "What in the fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like that part where he go, like he he, Liu Kang is looking at the at basically the you know the hourglass, the keeper of everything. Shang Sun just shows up with his you know with his harem of minions and decides <laughs> like, hey, we're gonna like we're gonna f up your timeline. Look at how evil we are, and then fights happen. You know, Liu Kang brings people in, and then Shang Tsung just stands there. Blast energy along with a couple of others at the hour. I hate that shit destroy. so much. Everyone stands and just fires beams out of their hands. It's like Care Bears. What the fuck? You know what I? You know what it reminded me of? I was like, oh, this is Godzilla '93. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It was. It was. But what made it worse is that Liu Kang is probably at most. At most, like 30, maybe 40 feet away from where Shang Tsung is and just 
casually says like, we need to go and stop him. Up, oh, someone's coming over here. I got to take care of this person. And then he walks two more feet up. Someone's coming over here. I got to take care of this person too. And then him and Katana just have this weird conversation through the whole thing. And I'm just like, uh, Liu Kang, your hourglass is being destroyed, like probably a stone throw away from you. You Can't you just like fire a blast at Shang Tsung and knock him over? No, we're just going to casually walk over there. He's fine. Yeah, it's okay. We'll get there in time. I'm just then, it just it, it 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 ruined any and all tension when these are the hourglasses that define your reality. Like I'm like, uh, the stakes could be higher, guys. Yeah, it confused me when he started blasting it as well, and that was fixing it. And I was like, Oh, is that it? How? Yeah, I'm just yeah, like, cause he, I think he, I think him and someone else started blasting it, and then that was repairing it. It's just it's just for show at this point. It's just fucking smooth brain drooling people watching lights on the screen. This, like in this situation, you don't even need to be like a god. Just walk up to Shang Tsung and just do a Mortal Kombat leg sweep. That's right. all you got to do. Pro- problem solved. Let's, let's have some combat. <laughs> There's going to be combat in our final battle for the Hourglass. I don't know. I thought it was so fucking stupid. I'm kind of half and half on on this uh, on the where the story went. Like I knew a little better. I'm. I'm. Uh huh. Go ahead. No, sorry, no, no. Sorry. Well, I interrupt. I I cut you guys off so much as it is. What you're gonna say? No, I I cut you oh, off. Oh, after you. No, after you. Uh, what I was gonna say is that I think everything up until the reveal of the second Shang Tsung in the second timeline, I was fully oh, yeah. invested in 100. percent I was all in. As soon as they revealed the Shang Tsung, uh. The second Shang Tsung and the second timeline. I was like, okay, I see it's like a multi-timeline thing, but as long as they just have these two, (laughs) I'm cool with it. I can deal with it. And then they brought every iteration of, you know, uh, timekeeper or whatever from every timeline. I was like, oh my God. Okay, come on now. We don't, that's way too fast to reveal all that in like the span of like 1-800-COME-ON-NOW. Dot com. Uh, yep. And then we, and then what pissed me off more? Well, I, I didn't get pissed off. I, I will say, everything that happened, there was part. This part is where it dips for me, and the last act is like just you know whatever. The tension is all gone, yeah. kind of. But I was still having fun with it. What annoyed me the most is seeing the old Raiden. I love seeing like, him. I was like, I thought we were done. I with love you. seeing him. I said, I was thought we were done with you. Because you know on. what. Eleven Raiden is such a dork as far as the different characterations because he's like, you know, Cassandra Cage. He always calls everyone by their first name. I kind of like seeing him again. Just this, this fucking dork's back. Why not? Because he he's the titan of his realm where I guess he beat Kronika. Every ending is canon. That means Snowblind is canon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the way that, like you said before, is like, you know, at the end of MK11... You chose either Shang Tsung or Liu Kang, and then based off that, that's what timeline you got. Yeah. Right? So it made sense that you know we had the Liu Kang timeline and the Shang Tsung timeline. If they had left it at that, oh, that would have cool. been cool. But having all these other iterations just made well, it like oh, okay, blame guys, fucking Avengers went a little overboard. Uh, Infinite Earths and all that bullshit. I'm half and half on it. Like the reason I hate it is because I got so invested in Acts One and Two, like. I just want to, like, two is a bit, like, one was very simple. I told you, like, an outside conversation when I saw the preview, like, just 
the tea house stuff of Kung Lao and Raiden. It felt like a Kung movie, Kung Fu movie. It was great. Oh, and then Madam, Madam Boat. Bo- oh, yeah, God. we haven't even said Madam Boat. So Bo- is that supposed to be... Bo Right Show? This version of Bo I mean, Rai I suggested like Bo it based on rumors that some people were thinking, but there's nothing to indicate that she is, but there's nothing to say that yeah. she isn't. <laughs> didn't he didn't he train Kung yeah that's Lao the though? thing uh bo right show is from outworld but he trained kung lao and Liu kang so yeah and here she is training kung lao and raiden she could be bo right show yeah maybe good i actually i actually like you know what screw all these like superhero omni man homelander bullshit i want uh, like i want madam bo i want madam bo yeah everyone wants madam bo and you know what it might happen if enough people like won't shut up about her. So never stop saying, "Let's make Madame Bo a character." It could be this for this. This could be MK One's Melina. Is that it? When, wasn't it? Wasn't it something in uh, MK Eleven? Uh, Melina wasn't in it, yeah. and that's not even a good type of thing too, because people literally harassed Nether Realm and even sent yeah that death was threats. Bad. So now that guarantees that Melina's never going to be excluded, which, you know, I like Melina. That's great, but uh, not like these. <laughs> not, not like these. Um, but, like, no, I, to go back to the story, I was so invested. Like, Act 1 set up, I was getting invested. I loved Act 2 so fucking much. Like, when when Baraka and company are walking down this lush hill, like you said, Outworld's all lush and beautiful now, on their way to Shang Tsung's... Uh, laboratory which has a beautiful water wheel outside i had the one thought i'm like man i want a breath of the wild mk game and that's a monkey's paw situation because i know if i wish for that it's going to come out and it's going to be shitty um well when i was what i was thinking of every time i got to those kind of scenes i was like just let ed boone and the nether realm team just make the next movie like yeah that too they could just make the movie they might as well. I was like, at some point, I was like, why am I not watching this like in a theater? Like, this is just. It was so good. I don't know. It's it's so yeah. good. Uh, and then that's why the last yeah. act, like the Scorpion uh, Act 3, I was, even though like that's the part I should be most interested in. Like, oh, hey, a Lin Kuei story. I wasn't as great as the other ones. Uh, but it was still good. I liked it. Like, one. after it left Scorpion's yeah. part and it went back to Lee Mei and. Liu Kang, and it was getting, oh man, this is getting fucking serious. But yeah, then they just fucking dropped their pants and took it off and put it on their head to be fucking stupid. Um, I like it and I don't like it. I don't like it because I was so invested in the outworld politics and the small scale story. And I don't like it because multiverse shit, come on, man, that's like fucking easy mode storytelling. That's like something. I mean, that's what you got. I mean, I think it's not even. It sorry, doesn't even make for uh, a good again. story. It's it's for fan service and nothing else. It is. It is. But I, the only thing I can say is that like this game was made pre- predominantly during the pandemic. It was made after Endgame. Yeah, I'm sure the story was written before we got all the stuff with you know, uh, multiverse of madness and Loki and you know all the stuff that's happening now in Marvel that people are kind of tired of now. But like when they wrote it originally, people were still like fascinated with the multiverse and like what that could mean in Marvel. It's just that game development, especially at Never Nether Realm, takes so long that by the time you know they come out with this game and with this game and the story that they're you know they worked so hard on, 
nobody's interested in multiverse stuff anymore because it's been played out by... I mean, I just think it's inherently a bad story decision anyway, unless it's done for fan service and the thing. I mean, the idea of a multiverse is fascinating, but the way it's used in comic book stories is just silly. Uh, That's my... It is, but I mean, I, I mean, in my simple, you know, brain when I'm talking, I mean, as far as like storytelling goes, I was interested in what Marvel would do with the multiverse at that time, like back in like 2020 or 2021, like curious about it. Now that you see what's happening, it's like, okay, this is kind yeah. of crap. So I feel like they're just a victim, uh, just a, uh, it's just a bad well, timing. If this game came out like two years ago, it would have been people may have reacted a little bit differently. Yeah. But I think now that we've gotten all these movies that have kind of not done well and these shows that have not done well that had to do with multiverse, that kind of bleeds over into this where it's like, okay, everybody's kind of tired of it now. Which makes you wonder if they're going to double down and run of it or not. Obviously, so spoilers at the very end, (laughs) uh, you know, all is saved, but the last person to show up is Havoc from another timeline. And I don't think he's going to be the villain for MK13 or whatever the next MK is. I think he's going to be the villain for the next story DLC. And then he's going to be done away with. Huh. And and then who knows what they'll do for the uh, next game. It, it does feel like it's it, it's two different story modes at, after that break-in point. Like once they do the timeline thing, it feels, the mood feels like a very oh, different yeah. game it, than what we got before. It just feels silly. Where like, it was very like, it was very down to earth in the first like two and a half acts or whatever. It was very like, you know, the stories were getting like really intense, you know, whether it's, you know, with Sindel and uh, the whole cart, the Tarkat, Tarkat uh, disease. Yeah. Tarkat disease. Yeah. Or, you know, Luke Kang getting the earth defenders together and, you know, training for the tournament or, I mean, even the stuff with, uh, I mean, not even like the st- even with Quan Chi and stuff like that. That was like, okay, that's an interesting way to sort of rope him in, have him also be, you know, under the common benefactor of Chronica, aka other Shang Tsung or whatever. But yeah, once it gets to that point with you know the timeline stuff, then it feels like an older Mortal Kombat game a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I think you're right in that they just probably felt pressured to do that. Because of the popularity of multiverse stuff and, and Marvel movies and stuff. And like like I said, the half of me doesn't like it because I was so invested in the close-knit story in the first three acts. Part of me also likes it because it exponentially, Gurren Logan style exponentially expands the universe of Mortal Kombat to where we, where we have our timeline, we have our you know, what we're normal, what we're used to with our our myriad of realms. And now we have myriad of timelines and each timeline has its own myriad of realms. Yeah. And then it just feels kind of like, it feels kind of cheap. And honestly, well, it's like, I kind of like that part. Like I, I, I I do like the expansion. I like part of me likes that part. Like if they could, if they could make it interesting, I think I would, but what did they, but Josh, you know, and you've seen, you've seen plenty of Marvel movies as well as other action-y blockbuster movies. What did this all boil down to? A giant battle on the field. army on one side, (laughs) 
and an army on another side, and they're running yeah. at each other for the final battle. And I'm just like, I've seen this movie a bajillion yeah. times. I'm making the I'm, I'm making the the mas- <laughs> masturbation gesture, the the passe. Like I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if there's like you have all you have infinite timelines with infinite realms. And, you know, that easily could have been expanded and almost to its own thing. Like, what I really would have wanted, I think it would have been great if they would have kept the strong writing. And because obviously the last part of Act 3 and Act 4 just felt incredibly rushed. It's almost like they just had to, like, get to the ending that they wanted to get to. But I think it would have been way more beneficial if what they would have done is solidified that they're going to continue this story into the next Mortal Kombat game by having the story end on a little bit of a cliffhanger, like end the cliffhanger right when Kronika reveals herself to be the, you know, like another version of Shang Tsung from a different timeline. You could have ended it right there. And then with like, with like, with like, with maybe like a final battle with Liu Kang and Shang Tsung right then, right there. And then you could have just saved the time to really flush out the infinite timelines or whatever in whatever the next game is going to be and then make it actually interesting. But you just went, okay, evil, evil doppelganger, bad guys, infinite possibilities, um, evil, like good guys, infinite possibility. Let's run each other, you know, in a massive field for the sake of all eternity. And let's do it Armageddon style for, because fan service. And I'm just like, eh. I was hoping so much for them to just commit to this timeline with the wonderful stuff that we had in the first two acts that it pissed me off that they just did multiverse shit. Uh, But like I said, like even if they had to do multiverse shit, like, you know, like Jay was alluding to, like just have that be in like MK2 or MK4. Well, like hopefully maybe the story DLC will uh, do away with that. Well, it'll conclude that and maybe MK13 can go back to grounded. Who knows? But it seems another realm era right now is all about time fuckery because nine was time fuckery right from the get go. But it was an inventive way to do a reset. Oh, Raiden just sends a, a message through time. Ten attempted to do its straightforward story, which really was just a retelling of four. And then eleven's like, oh, lol, let's do time shit again. And now we do a time reset, and we're going good. And then they just do it again. And I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but I don't. I, I don't want to drag this last portion of our story out long. But I have a perfect way how I would have done the the third, uh, the fourth act, if you want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah real quick. It. Okay. Does it have to do with Shang Tsung and like a shoe? And he says, "Your soul is mine." <laughs> no. I will drive. The, to this is a, <laughs> no. This isn't my outro. It's not a story. Uh, it is my earnest shower thoughts that I had. Uh, so I would do it. So committing to maybe the fact that this isn't Chronica really, because I was like expecting Chronica. I was honestly surprised it was Shang Tsung. But Garrus, I'm actually glad it wasn't Chronica. I guess like I kind of like the idea of Chronica because like she'd be reborn too, right? Uh, just coming in. But I like the idea that you know once a titan yeah. is killed. They can't come back, which makes me, which would set up the whole thing where, like, okay, now Liu Kang is a titan again because he took the powers back. If he dies, oh. then he'll. Which be that's the thing back. I'm not clear on, too. Uh, Garrus said it's not, this might be irreversible. Uh, do we get closure on that at the end when they're hanging out at Madame Bo's, like they're eating shawarma at the end of Avengers? 
is Liu Kang going back to be an Earthrealm protector, or is he forever uh, the keeper of time now? They didn't really spell that out. I think he's forever. Yeah, I don't know if they spelled it out. Maybe it's something in again. You know what? If we, you know, I mean, spoiler. If we do another, you know, when we do a review of the game or whatever, I'm going to try to do all these towers. All of see them. See if we can expand these. You know, there's a, there's a website, dude. That it's called YouTube.com. Uh, <laughs> hey, I I love the game, and I want you know to what? play the game. How uh, dare experience you? This is combat, combat time. time. Let's experience every character. I'm with you on that. I, I and I actually have been meaning to do Barakas and Molinas at least, and Limes. Also, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna do the shortest one anyway. So yeah, just pick the longer ones for the character yep. you want to get good at. But getting good against the computer is different than that. Yeah, we're getting off topic. So okay, so here's yep. So <laughs> I'm gonna roll with that. Yeah, it's not Chronica because Garrus said once the Titan dies, it's dead for good. And I don't know if that's rules they set up in Eleven or not. Uh, if it wasn't, I'm still gonna go with it. So it's not Chronica. But basically, I'm gonna go with it's uh. Not, uh, it ends up being not Shang Tsung. It ends up being basically Kronika's ghost playing in with, uh, the nature of time and the theories. If you've ever heard the theory that, uh, ghosts aren't spirits, but they're actually memories. Have you ever heard that theory? It's, it's, it's not, it, it's the memory. Time is a flat circle. It doesn't experience, you know, as we say, we experience time literally, but the theory is that time past, present, and future is all happening at once. So when people experience a ghost, it might not necessarily be the spirit of a past departed beloved, but the past intersecting with the present. And my story would be, that's what Mm. Kronika ends up being. She ends up being not an ultimate villain. She actually ends up being kind of just, you know, a a MacGuffin, I don't know, the wrong... She doesn't have her own agency, except that she's a memory just doing what Kronika would do. And that's what sets off Shang Tsung. And uh, this is something that we come to learn, that every timeline, when it resets, contains the ghosts of the past timeline. And that's something Liu Kang doesn't know, because he's wet behind the ears in this. And Garrus may finally tell him, like, oh yeah, this is a thing. And what ends up happening is just the Deadly Alliance thing. Shang Tsung and Quan Chi in our timeline do unleash the Dragon King and he becomes a big bad and Shang Tsung and Quan Chi still have to join forces with the good guys but what happens is everyone has to join forces and fight a Naga including Sindel and Outworld paying off all these three chapters we've had of Outworld Earthworld relations that, that they still fought together in the story we got but they, it didn't really feel like a, a payoff for what we've been experiencing. There'd be like Outworld pledges allegiance of Earthrealm and they form a bond and fight against this thing. But on top of that, uh, it's not enough. They need extra help. So learning about these memories, these Earth memories or whatever, timeline memories, Liu Kang and Geras call upon the memories of past Mortal Kombat fighters to fulfilling the same role as these combo fighters or whatever that we got Uh and they pull in basically, you know, versions of Mortal Kombat characters that were unmade. So this is where you could get Jean-Claude Van Damme skin Johnny Cage in the story mode as the original Johnny Cage or maybe even Michael Grimm. Or you could get Jax in his kickboxer uniform instead of his uh, pants, like his red pants. 
and so forth. And you just get like a big giant gallery of Mortal Kombat what ifs, not combos, but like, you know, unmade characters or different or characters that didn't make the cut this game. And we get Art Lean. Yes, and we get Art Lean. And, uh, and we get fucking Asgarth, man. And everybody. And that's your Armageddon. And, and then they beat, and then they beat, uh, Onaga and save the day. That's my idea. That's what I would have done. That would have been way more epic. Certainly, certainly would not have been the lazy writing we got towards the end of this story. But... Uh, I don't even want to throw shade and say lazy writing. I think it might have been yeah. WB's mandate and they just had to roll with it. I don't know. Maybe so. I mean, I'll like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that, but. You know, I, I still think that just overall, like with the story, I give like the first, second, and maybe the beginning of the third act, like full praise for actually getting getting me invested mm-hmm. in a um like in an MK story to the point to where I'm like, you know, I would think I was even telling you guys this might be the best MK story I think I've ever seen. I, I'll like, agree. Just with actually, that. just kind of going through it, and and I still yeah. and I still think that like despite you know the last act, um there still is a lot of leftover goodwill from this story and a lot of potential on where a lot of these characters can go that, yeah, like I'm fully invested to see like what the next game story is going to be. Again, I find it crazy. I typically never play fighting games for the story, but Mortal Kombat has kind of won me over to where like, no, actually the story I'm just as much invested in as the game. (laughs) So I just find that, Interesting. We, ch- we chose to talk about yeah. the story last because at the end of the day, it is a game and the gameplay is cheap. Like like John Carmack said, you know, a game with a story is like a porno with a story. But uh, Mortal Kombat's story is so great that, and I agree, VJ, this, this was, at least until the fucking last act, this was the best story Mortal Kombat's done. To where Yasin says, why don't fucking Ed Boon and them just make the fucking next movie? I really think that they could do it. Like, I mean, they did. They did it. It feels like it's this is a lot better more, than what we got in twenty twenty one. Yeah, there's a reason why, the, like, games nine through, you know, this one, are all on YouTube in movie mode, and it's like you have you have reaction channels reacting to this as a movie, not playing the game, just watching the cutscenes and re- making. Reactions and it's a four hour movie, movie at this rate, you know. It's yeah more content with a more content with a K than you get with a Hollywood movie. It's a Bollywood movie, yeah. It's and with this iteration, it's just like it is the graphics and the the motion capture. It's just so good, and like the facial animations are so good. Like this is just like it's it's as close to real as I can think of at this point. Like it's gonna get better. Technology Which makes fatalities. Close. All, all the more uncomfortable, but yeah. <laughs> but that's the one thing that I'm I disagree on. Oh. I feel like the I feel like the fatalities kind of look and feel the same as eleven. Like I don't feel like there's a big improvement or anything in that. I mean, elevens were still kind of disturbingly photorealistic too. Like it depends. Some of <laughs> some of them are cartoon, but sm- but smoke like smoke's fatalities. He yeah. blows your goddamn lower half of your face off, and it's looks gnarly and also based off of i i know what they based that off of i and it's uncomfortable so there i mean i don't know if it should be cut out or not but i know there there is a there there is documentation of a guy that attempted to end his life with a shotgun and it didn't turn out well yeah oh god and the yeah 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 
but but then um, you get goofy shit like, no, like Johnny's I, second fatality, which Jay probably hasn't seen yet, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I haven't unlocked it yet. Oh Apparently, uh, you can do you can do the second fatalities without unlocking them as long as you know the inputs. Uh, that's new. I didn't know that. No, you can do that. Uh, oh, I thought in eleven you had to unlock it. I don't know. I think or maybe, maybe I'm thinking of ten. I don't know. But uh, I yeah, I don't know. The 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 fatalities are the only thing that I feel like that kind of seem the same. Maybe I'm just generalizing. I mean, they more or less do. Maybe the minute. It depends details. on the fatality. Some of them are really fucking gnarly. Some of them are silly, and yeah, they're probably on line of eleven. I think some of them got a little bit like Kenshi's fatality. Oof, oof, mm. yeah, dude, dude, yeah. <laughs> and the brutalities. I don't know. I, I never unlocked a lot of fatal brutalities in the first game in eleven, but there's a lot of brutalities, and I've already unlocked like wow. four. For Kung Lao? Yeah, I've unlocked four for Johnny Cage and like, and like, um, but also one of the brutalities is kind of like a gimme because it's just uppercut. Well, that's the basic. That's the one that everyone can do. That's like your, any idiot can do. I can do. Classic. Um, Except on the switch where when you punch the head off, the head keeps floating in the air. Actually, I've, apparently, apparently that errors come up in the the PS5 and Xbox too. It's not just switch, but I haven't come up with it. Switch, it does it every time. Yeah, I think I think the game wants you, or actually, no, the game is telling you that the brutalities are better than the fatalities because you get more experience points in invasion if you actually kill via brutality instead of fatality. Neat. Yeah. So, oh, you get more with brutality. Yeah, yeah, you get more with brutality. You do. That makes sense because oh, it takes okay. a little bit more uh, effort to do. Dude, it really does. Which is why I, I don't know how. Some people do it in like. Uh, I can't think that far ahead, man. I got I got a whole blow like, kick I, or whatever. I can't do that shit. I love brutality as a concept. I just can't fucking do. It. They're 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 difficult. They're, the uh, shout out to uh, the Mortal Pod Quest. No, Mortal Podcast. Uh, we did. I I, I joined a King of the Hill match with them. Really? The night with a, with a couple of people. Yeah. Uh, and we we did it on the PS5, and yeah, I I could not do any of the brutalities, but like one one guy, he he kept doing Lee May's brutality, and every time he did it, it really? shocked me. I was like, oh, what God. is it? Because like she, you know how you know how she does that. Um, I mean, I see. Oh, she does like a handstand. She does a handstand, and then she like kicks you in the head. Yeah, from a like a from a handstand. Well, she does that, but then she sticks her heel into Ew. your head. And then she takes it out, and then your blood starts. I've seen one uh, where yeah. she attaches a lantern to your head, and it like decapitates you, and like floats your head up with a lantern or something like that. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Uh, Kung Lao has one where I forget which one it which one it is, but it ends with him throwing a hat into your chest, and it just keeps spinning. I've seen that. Out. Yeah, that's fucking sh- there. And it kind of looks like a guy. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Should we? Yeah. Should we, uh, I guess you know. I'm the host of this up? episode. I failed at directing us a bit. I've just been letting this go run tizzy wizzy. Uh, but there's a lot fun, to talk man. about, though. However long this episode is going to be for Jay to edit, poor Jay. Um, maybe you should call upon. The Josh's and Yassine's from other timelines to come help you. Um, 
edit this yeah, down a little bit. Yeah, I probably should. But yeah, there, there's stuff. Just call my memory. There's, <laughs> there's stuff I, I wanted to say but didn't get to say. Like, uh, for example, I wish I I love just booting up the game and letting Liu Kang tell a story while I'm doing shit in the background before oh, I before I go pick up the game. Like, I don't mind the game running in the background while I'm doing shit. Just hear Liu Kang. Just tell the story of creation. I want that dude to just, that actor just do, like, audio. I was going to say the same thing. You know, they do, like, books. Like, Jeff Bridges has been doing a thing where he, like, just reads stories for you to fall asleep. This guy, shout out. It's just a story, Shout out to whoever this voice actor is. Maybe we should look him up. Look him up. Look it up right now. And if he's the same guy that voiced Liu Kang in 11, because... I could listen to him. He is. Okay. I think it is. If it was it calming is, music while he talks about the entire history of the world while I fall asleep, I would fucking listen to that every night. I love the shit out of that. <laughs> Matthew Yang. Matthew king. Yang King. Well, he is uh, a king. Let me see what if he he must have done eleven too. Oh, he was Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat Legends Battle for the Rock. Oh, Battle for the Grid. No, Battle, Battle for the, for the Grid. <laughs> Funny because uh, what was it? Scorpion <laughs> in uh, Snowblind was the guy that voiced, I think, Liu Kang in something else, or or the guy that voiced Scorpion in the game. Oh, yeah, in MK11, in MK11, he was Liu Kang and and oh. Fujin? No. Yeah, he, yeah, he was Liu Kang and Wow, Fujin. they're the same actor. Okay. Nice. Either way, hey, you, you, I didn't like Liu Kang, uh, Netherrealm Liu Kang, until this. So, props up. This buds to you. What's his name again? Matthew Yang Kim. This buds to you. I would follow y- your timeline. Anywhere. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Let's wrap this up. Does uh, You seen, Jay, you got anything to add that we haven't covered? On Mortal Kombat 1? Not yet until I play more of the game, which, you know, we'll do... Like, it's not going to be the last time we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat 1, of course. We'll we'll end up doing another episode, probably about a full review again oh, in yeah. the future. We don't know when yet, but we we've, we've completed the story mode. We'll, we'll let it settle and simmer and let us continue more of invasions and playing overranked people in, uh, online and... Maybe the next story DLC, but probably before that, yeah, we'll probably, you know, let it simmer and give her a full review. Because guess what? Probably the more Mortal Kombat 1 we talk about, the more ears will be upon us. It's a hot topic, you know. But outside that, if you don't... Go, go, no, go, go, go. I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to continue playing. Oh, yeah. Like I might play uh, it after we're done recording. It's midnight, but I, you know... <laughs> same. And, yeah, I mean... I, I loved playing Street Fighter Six, but I also feel like I've kind of had my fill yeah. of it for now. Uh, and Mortal Kombat, I feel like I mean, in, in I for whatever reason, I feel like getting as much of the you know extra content as I can, like for Kung Lao and all these other characters that I want to play. So, and I feel like I do want to get better at it. And obviously, we're gonna play. Oh yeah, we get together. yeah, literally this so, weekend. Yeah, so, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about this again because I think we're going to play this for a while. I mean, yeah. I, I, I And I, I just I just really enjoy the game so far. Yeah, I, I mean, really despite some it. of the bugs and despite me playing the Switch version, which, hey, uh, open invite, uh, you know, 
anytime you come to my place, bring an extra switch controller. You can see see what I'm dealing with here. Wait, hold on. You're you got the physical copy, right? Why don't you just bring it over and then we get? Well, I mean, if we're coming to Jay's, we might as well play his version, right? (laughs) But if you want to at least get a little bit of a yuck, if you want to get a little bit of a yuck, I'll bring I'll bring it along. I'll bring it along. (laughs) I want to see it in. I want to see it in 4K you're gonna see, or, Dude, you're going to see it in 420p. Or Fuck 720p. <laughs> dude, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just say, 11 in retrospect looks impressive. <laughs> uh, yes, dude, this shit's so bad. I mean, the service, like the story mode's fine because it's pre-rendered and the gameplay itself runs smooth. But the visuals, man, oh. dude, man, yeah. It's it's a step down, man. Here's a question. Hmm. You you I mean obviously you've been playing on your TV. Have you tried it? I have not because up? my Joy-Cons have drift and because I've been moving back and forth between two places, I haven't bothered sending them off to Nintendo to get my replacements. I bought a pro uh-huh. controller. So I haven't uh I haven't toyed around in handheld oh, mode. But okay. you know what? I probably wouldn't because I hate playing in handle mode. I played eleven in handheld mode a little bit just to do tutorials, just because I was addicted to trying to beat the one tutorial that was really hard other than that i i just wonder if it'll for, look better actually it does screen. from what i've heard from youtubers it performs better and naturally looks better on the smaller screen but but i rarely oh, play in okay. handheld unless it's a game that's suited for it yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll bring it along and i'll also bring along just so you guys don't make fun of my switch too much doom 2016 Jay, you played it extensively. I need you to see how that game looks, because that game looks great. And it might just be because the code okay. of Doom 2016 is just optimized so great. Or maybe the team that just did MK just sucks. But, like, the Switch can do good shit. It, and Doom... No, man, because Doom looks great. I can't... I... No, I oh, yeah. I oh, oh yeah. I forget which ladder we're talking about here. Anyway. Uh, let's climb a ladder on out of here. So... Any uh, Jay, uh, we've talked over you quite a bit. Anything you need to add? Nope. All right. Nope. <laughs> well, then we're out of here. Uh, and as it falls to me for the outro, I don't feel like doing it. So I'm going to call upon uh, my uh, alternate timeline, Josh, to come in here and give the outro. So uh, come on in here, uh, Bizarro World Josh. What do you got to say? Did you hear that? Did you didn't hear that? Nope. Well, that's that's because nope. it's the Nintendo nope. Switch version of Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod, and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!